0: Welcome to Rogue Bogues, the Bass War series. It took a little hiatus, but a lot going on. I know a lot of you out there. About two weeks ago, like emergency pod, emergency pod, and we were thinking about it, but it's kind of died down since then, but we thought we'd get one out and just discuss everything going on. Pro, how's uh, how's your world travels?
1: Shit. Shit. Finally fucking home. Two weeks. Greece. Great trip in Greece. Was then Athens and then in the mountains, uh, and then I went to Atlanta for the NBA Academy stuff for a few days. They have um, all these academies from Africa, Australia. Um, Central America, they all play in this tournament in front of college coaches and NBA people. That was cool. And then I went to um, Vegas. No summer league, thank God. I didn't go to a microsecond of that bullshit. And I had to speak at uh, Drew Hanlon, NBA trainer, had a um, pro scout school and pro trainer school, basically uh, trainers just trying to get better. And then also people trying to get in the front office. So it was pretty cool. But I was thankful that I didn't have to spend... One second in that fucking gym for Summer League, man.
0: Come on, dude. As, as the CEO of Hoop Consultants, you should be at Summer League handing out business cards by the thousands, pro. What are you doing?
1: First of all, nobody does business cards anymore. Second of all, they think I'm probably a pedophile. Third of all, um, I'd much rather watch that shit on TV. I got I got a couple of clients playing. Uh, Max Christie plays for the Lakers and Ty Washington plays for uh, the Houston Rockets. So I get a. I don't really like, because when you go to Summer League, You know this, although you're in a gated community anytime you go anywhere. So, like, (laughs) they'll put you in the front fucking row with nine security people. I gotta walk, I gotta fucking bump into 9,000 deadbeats that want jobs that don't give a fuck what I have to say, just looking over my shoulder the whole time we're talking. So, I'd much rather just watch it on TV, fucking make my notes, and then I'm good to go. So,. Yeah, no NBA guy really wants to work with my fat ass. I usually get him through um, – somebody says, hey, pro's good. Work with him. Anybody w- looks at me, it's probably going to be everybody in my life, ever, including you. Anytime I try to work somebody out for the first time, they look me up. They look me down. And they're like, what fucking planet is this guy from? <laughs> I'm not working out with this guy. So I'd much rather get her on the referral. I'm like the guy who – I'm like the agent – who gets guys not on their rookie deal, but on their second contract and steal them from somebody else. I'd rather do that, not steal them, but get them, get them off that rather than go just, yeah. Plus it's like COVID country. I heard like, like 15 people that I know in the NBA got COVID and could be in a summer league. So I'm glad, uh, I'm glad I skipped that shit. Well, everyone's
0: got it at this point. I think I'm on about three I think I've had it three times since my first ah, bout. yeah. I really we I really do. It. Yeah. But I think I had yeah. the, I had a bad one and then I think I've had I think the you know, I've had I swear I've had similar symptoms since then, but I've uh you know it is what it is. I get on with life, but um, no business cards, bro. What, what do you hand out? Your Instagram tag? Is that what you do now? Instagram handle?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's all that people care about. Like, <laughs> like at this at this trainer convention, right? There was a hundred, about a hundred twenty five. Was really good. A lot of good trainers spoke, um, but there's all these people that are trainers that came in, and I was like, Do you want a business card? And they're like, no, 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 no. Just what's your, you know, what's your Instagram tag, dude? Oh, I felt like God. it was a thousand years old. Like that's all they care about. Instagram, they've messaged you on Instagram and good to go. Like, so I'm getting old. We're getting old. Truth. We're getting
0: old. Yeah, like, we like, are. If, someone, old if old. someone walked up to me and said, "Hey, um, you know, here's my business. I've got a business. Like, where's your card?" Oh no, no, just follow me at. This is my business yeah. on Instagram. I, I wouldn't even bother. <laughs> like, sorry, man.
1: They need a way to beam it into your phone, where you know Russian hackers don't hack it into your ship, but like actually said. Here you go, and it just pops. No, I think they have those—the
0: virtual business cards now. I think they can do them with that that sharing shit when you, you near someone's phone. I think you can do it now. There is there is with that actually. You're ahead of the curve, bro, but or behind it actually. But yeah, they. I'm uh, behind they, it. Yeah, I'm, They do yeah, have them.
1: I'm like Vince. I'm like Vince Vaughn on fucking uh, in, uh, the interns when they worked for Google, and he was uh they, he was trying to explain Instagram, but it was like no, it's already out. It's called Instagram. <laughs> it's fucking dumb fuck. <laughs> I, that's why I, I feel like those two guys. Every day of my fucking life, talking mm. to young people, I just feel like I'm a thousand. <laughs> happens to us all.
0: It's happening to me, you know. Even just singing songs or having songs playing in the car, and the kids are like, "What the hell is that shit?" <laughs> like oh, exactly, God. exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: And then your dad. I remember when I was a kid, and my dad would be like, "This is music, son." And then you're like, "Yeah, you're an idiot." And then now that's happening to <laughs> me. So goes full circle. Yeah. All right, let's get rolling into the basketball. Uh, the, the, the big one, obviously, is the Brooklyn Nets. Everything going on there. The ties have somewhat been pumped from two weeks ago when everyone was trying to get us to do an emergency pod. Um, For those not familiar or haven't followed, Kyrie opted into his contract and reportedly wanted out after opting in. As of yesterday, he has now said that he's never once asked for a trade, so there's that. And then the the other one is that that KD has formally asked for a trade. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot to digest here. I mean... I think Brooklyn have all the leverage. I think they're doing the right thing. I, I I I really like that they haven't panic moved KD. On the on the flip side of that, I, I don't know if 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 I'm say on the Memphis Grizzlies, do you deplete that whole young roster for KD?
1: You know,
0: yeah. as a hypothetical, right? Because my thing is KD's at 34 this year. Um, he's come off an Achilles injury. He's still one of the best pure scorers in the league. He's, he's a bucket, you know, he goes to any team in the league. If, if they were a 10 C, they're moving up to, to four, five. You know, he's, 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 they're getting better. But I think that's why the leverage is drying up. I think teams are probably like, hey man, you, you're getting older. You probably got maybe what, two more good years left in you and then maybe a little bit of a fall off. So there's that. Um, he, he's, he's in some trouble, KD, as far as his leverage because he's got three years remaining on his deal or four years. He's in it for the long haul, whereas Kyrie and James and a few other guys around the league, they people used to wonder why they would do these one, two-year deals. This is why. They held all the leverage. James held it. Kyrie holds uh, probably not as much leverage because of everything going on off the court, but that's why these guys did those short-term contracts because they can then dictate wherever they want to go with their next move. I think where KD's probably messed up is he probably regrets signing that long-term deal now because he's going to... I mean, they could, they could essentially keep him on the roster, but... Um, for me, pro, I, I think if if I was a betting man, I don't think he's moved before camp. I think I really think that Brooklyn have all the leverage. Uh, I would not be utterly shocked if this roster remains the same going into training camp, bro. What are your thoughts around that?
1: I, I do think that, like, especially in the last few years, bogs How many times have we, you know even before the pod, like you and I would talk about stuff like, Oh, this guy's definitely getting dealt. Like all, every, all the signs are there and oh it's definitely happening, definitely happening. And then like, if it doesn't happen initially in like three or four days, then it's like, all right, it's, it may not happen. And then it just doesn't happen and dies down. Like if I'm Brooklyn, like if I look, if the guy's going to like, say, oh, I'm not going to play whatever, whatever, like, you know, then you got a problem, but like, like I said this before, when they got rid of Harden, it's like, well, you don't really have to do that if you didn't want to. You know, you could do what you, you could just sort of, you know, you could try to talk this thing out because you do have these pieces. I don't think that this, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Plus, their asking price is a little, I mean, look, I, I get it. It's a pretty cool move to be able to be like, all right, five picks, four players, like, yeah, you know, You're like, come on, you're literally giving the whole organization for your whole future, around. right?
0: Yeah, especially if, yeah, you're, a, if like, you're a mid-tier young team that has some yeah. good assets and picks and a young roster. That's why I, I just said Memphis out of the blue because they've got a lot of young, good guys. Do you take that risk to maybe get a championship in the next year or two? If you don't, you've then lost your whole future path for five, ten years and you're back in a rebuild once KD retires or moves on. That's that's the point.
1: Agreed. If The one trade I would do, Bogues, and I would really think about it right now as if I was Boston. I would probably think heavily about Jalen Brown for Bruns- uh, for for Durant, and I'll tell you why because like you don't have to give up your whole team. he's a big part of it, but like you you pair up you pair up Durant and you pair up you know Tatum, and then you still have Smart. you traded for bridget I mean bridget, Brogdon. Brogdon. Mm. Yeah, you got all those other guys. Yeah. yeah, you got Gallo. You got Robert Williams. Horford's still giving pro- something. Yeah, mm. you're probably gonna have to give up Horford though. Oh, somebody else yeah, with yeah. Salary. Yeah. yeah, to make the deal work. But uh, if I, if if I'm them, I'm thinking about that move. Plus, for Brooklyn, like you could probably get some picks out of Boston, but you get this young player that you know, you put them with you know you you could put them with hopefully Simmons plays sometime in the next decade. (sighs) But you put those guys together Mm. and at least you got young guys that you don't have to totally rebuild with. You got those two Yeah competitive and you get you've got these picks and maybe something goes wrong uh goes right with it. I'll tell you who's fucking whose penny stock went from two cents a share to seven thousand dollars a share is fucking the Houston Rockets. They make that deal, get all those picks from Brooklyn that like were going to be late first round picks. Oh, and yeah now for James, yeah. That, yeah. Now they might be looking at picks that are going to be mid first to you know lottery to you know mid lottery, mm. depending on where Brooklyn goes. So you know, and this is what happens, folks, when all these fu- when you trade in all these future picks. This is what Oklahoma City did with all these pick swaps and picks from Houston. And in, in, in thinking that if they flip things and they go bad, which they are right now, that they could get all these picks that you think are gonna be late picks. Now they turn into lottery picks. You know, that's why these, like, that's why when you make these trades, Bogues, you don't do it for a 22, 23 pick, 24 pick. You do it for the 27, 28, 29, because now, like, if they decide a year, two years into it, it's not gonna work. Everybody forces trades and leaves. Now you get all these higher picks. So, you know these guys are pretty smart. It, the NBA is sort of like that, but Big gamble, anyways, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not gonna do it if I'm Memphis and give up all these other role players, you know, and just to put them with John Morant because you don't know what's gonna happen. But if you put them with all the really good role players Boston has, you know, with the Brogdons and the Smarts of the world, and then you know, I would, I would really think about that because. They could really do some damage in the East with those two guys, plus everybody else that they have.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Boston can get it done. And just to touch on your point about, you know, does KD not play if if they hold on to him? I don't think he's in a position to do that because, you know, his legacy is important to him and we hear him talk about it all the time. Can you imagine if he sat out now? you know i mean i don't think he would do that i think he look he he loves going out there and competing that's one thing you can he's a competitor you can't right. knock AD he's going to go out there and compete no matter what's going on off the floor social media this that he's going to go out there and compete I, I don't think he even takes that risk to do that cuz i think it'll you know he's he's a upper echelon star so for him to just take his toys and go home and quit would, would just absolutely destroy his legacy in my opinion right so i don't, I don't think he does that um, would he be happy entirely my power a little bit but i still think he'd go out there and compete um. Yeah, I mean, do we rule? We rule Phoenix out now, right? With with re-signing Aiden, don't we? Yes. That's yes, that's that's, that's done and dusted. Um. So I mean, who else is out there? I mean, that that's a problem. Like a lot of their trading partners that were initially reported have have kind of somewhat dried up. It's it's now just a matter of. I honestly think he's going to stay. Um. I don't know how long for. I just think he's going to be in a Nets uniform when the season starts. Does it maybe happen mid-season? Who knows? But um. That's the other thing for Brooklyn. I mean, you know, they they move KD. Do 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 you try to? I mean, you can't even really move him for for picks only. Kind of, you know, kind of what Utah no. did with Gobert because you need to match more of that salary. You know what I mean? And it's, I mean, I'll, it, the thing is, you bring back a, a couple of decent players and then just teeter in that middle of the East again. If you're Brooklyn, and then you're going to be in a rebuild sooner than later. Anyway, they got an aging roster with a few of the guys. they've Every signed in Patty and whatnot. So. Um, and then, like you said, the elephant in the room is Ben Simmons. Like, is he going to play? Is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be mentally healthy? Is he going to be the Ben Simmons of old? Um, a lot of question marks, but I'll tell you who uh, who I'm looking forward to seeing is is Steve Nash. He's going to finally have to coach some basketball pro. That, that's definitely going to happen, um, you know, because no more big three essentially. And if KD does leave and, and even potentially Kyrie, it's time for him to coach because, you know, no disrespect to Steve Nash, but I don't think a lot, there was a lot of coaching or coaching merit involved in the last couple of seasons, right? You know, like with with everything going on with those three stars, it's kind of like, all right, I throw it to the other guy, let him get hot, throw it to the other guy, let him get hot. It's, it was more a, a matter of managing personalities that was spoken about, whereas now, you know, let's say they do hypothetically lose Kyrie and, and KD, you know, he's got to put the, the, the whiteboard out and start, start coaching again, I think.
1: Yeah, I... I you know it's it's tough man when you when you got James and Kyrie to coach try to coach like Katie for, for the most part I've never heard that he's this tough guy kind to of coach so you know without those two guys now if they do move both you know going forward if they do keep you know Durant I think it would be a lot hey look if he wants to coach it's 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 the op, you know the the open opportunity to do so so it'll be cool to see cuz I think I do respect his basketball mind and, you know, look, I mean, you could have said the same thing about Kerr and some of these other guys that jump into really good rosters now. You know, I'd like to see them, you know, without, because let's be honest, most 90% of NBA coaches, if they don't have any talent, and it's probably higher than that, they're not going to win. You know, it, it, you know, I don't care how good of a coach you are. If you don't have talent in this league, you're not going to win. And it'll be interesting seeing them coach and, and and do this stuff. I mean, like you said, it's more managing uh, personalities with when you get talent like that. Now when you have these guys that you have to direct, it, it gets a little bit when you don't have those three superstars to to coach, it's a little bit different, you know, getting into that huddle. So yeah, it'll be uh it'll be interesting in what direction they want to go. Like you said, they got all these aging players on their roster. What are you gonna do? You you know, you're not gonna just get picks for Durant for um for Kyrie you're just gonna get you know two ships passing in the night you're gonna get another like unwanted contract. you're not gonna get many assets back for the guy so it'll be interesting. I think Bogues like right off the top of my head I think the only teams that would trade for KD obviously the Lakers but they have no assets. so I would say Miami, I would say Boston um I would say Miami Boston, Toronto. And that's basically it. Maybe the Knicks throw you everything under the kitchen sink, you know, uh, to pair that up. But I doubt New York and, and, and Brooklyn make a deal together. But I would say the only real teams that are looking to make a move that that have the assets to do it, Miami, you know, centered around Hero. You've got uh, Toronto, you know, centered around Scottie Bonds. And then you've got. That's basically it. Maybe Collins and you Atlanta, you know, does a trade around Collins and Boston does a trade around Brown. Those are the only like teams that have assets that can you can move, good players you can get back and then picks. I mean, I don't I don't really see anybody else really giving you the kitchen sink for the um, you know, for the right to trade for the guys. So that's that's sort of what I'm seeing.
0: And what's crazy is you look at the Brooklyn Nets roster right now. Like, mm-hmm. it's if, if everyone stays and nothing happens I think they're still <laughs> they've still got a chance to you know do they win the east you know but KD, Kyrie Ben Simmons Claxton Mills Seth Joe Harris like it's a pretty good roster mm-hmm. man when you look at it that way and they pick up a few vet you know veteran minimum minimum role players or something along those lines at a deadline they could still mm-hmm. potentially compete with a champ for a championship with this roster in my opinion I, I don't think I don't think that that that's past um out of reality. That's what's crazy about this. We're talking about somewhat blowing up their roster and what do they do. But you look at it and you're like, man, that it's a pretty good like some teams would, you know, kill for that roster, right? So, you know, it'd be interesting to see if it just ran back as is with not too many changes and they just made a few tweaks and they just kind of you know steve nash has some some come to jesus meetings their personalities get all on the same level and they like you know the whole league is against us we can't do it blah 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 watch remember the titans a few times and then they go out and, and, and maybe get to a conference finals or a championship it's it's definitely possible like it's just it's just funny because we're talking about a team that can go like down to the doldrums to a semi rebuild that's somewhat competitive to middle of the east to It's still got a championship roster in my opinion like, okay, yeah, people are flaky on Kyrie, you know, Ben Simmons, big question mark. But I would argue even if Simmons doesn't play and you got KD Kyrie with that roster, it's still a competitive roster in the East. Like, who else? All right, got Milwaukee and um, and Boston. Mm, Philly? Are you still sold on Philly? I don't know if I am. Atlanta? Yeah, I mean, Philly, you
1: know? look, Philly's, Philly's going to be good. Boston's going to be good. Milwaukee's going to be good. Miami's going to be good. You know, those are the four. Look, for once, I want an NBA team just to say, besides Miami and a couple other teams, I want to say to the media, fuck off. We're not going to listen to, oh, we need to trade them yesterday. We're not going to read social media. We're not going to be, di- you know, that's not going to be dictated. You meet with those guys and you say, look, look, we could really win with this roster. And I think in my opinion, they do need men. Like, they could compete with those two guys, plus Curry, plus Cam Thomas, Mills, Harris, and those guys. But you basically say, look, we could compete with this roster. We've got, you know, basketball IQ with Simmons and Irving. We've got scoring with Irving and, and Durant. Curry's a, a good scorer. You know, we've got good scoring off the bench with Mills and Thomas, and Harris can make shots. Like, we could Claxton compete with Claxton can protect the rim. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so let's let like let's pump the brakes a little bit, see what deals you're gonna get, like realistic and what you're gonna do because remember, you could be wandering around the fucking desert with a three-legged camel if you fucking make the wrong deal and you just wipe this thing out because picks aren't guaranteed you don't know how you're going to draft, you know what's going to be available to you. You know, cap room so fucking overrated because nobody wants to go to a team that can't win. So no one's going to want to go there. So you you know, I I sort of like what they got. They got rid of one of the issues with, you know, w- with with Harden, now they've got a decent roster. I mean, they had a good one with, obviously, a really good one with them. But now they get rid of him. Fine, you get Simmons. Hopefully, they could, you know, fucking play. Like I said, in the next decade, hopefully, next year he could play. And then, look, you got these good weapons. You got good players. I, you know, look, I know why Utah is pressing the fucking wipeout button. I get that, but there's no reason now. Like, let's just put it put it aside. Let's really go in go in for one good year. If this thing don't work, we'll fucking move everybody, you know. And yeah, you'll get sixty cents on the dollar on a trade a year from now. But still, we're good enough to go for it for a year. We'll sign some minimum free agents. We'll sign some tax, you know, use our tax uh, payers' mid level to sign a guy, unless they ever use that. And what's this go? What's this going for it? I'm not I'm not sold on you gotta make a deal now. All right, Durant wants to trade. Okay, I get it. You tried, no one really wanted to fit your price. You go back to him and say, look, what's your alternative here? You know, like you said, bogues, the guy's too much of a competitor. He's not gonna sit out a whole year. He's not Kyrie Irving. Kyrie will sit out another year, John Wall will sit out years. You know, like they don't – like it's a little bit different from those guys to a guy like a Kevin Durant. And I think that he'll be like, fuck it, I'll compete. I'll do what I got to do, you know, and then – And if they get I'll a sniff, the best that's my point.
0: Like if, if, if they have that meeting and they yeah. start off well and get a sniff, like holy shit, like we've got, we've got something here. That could be the turning point. That that You don't need to have a meeting at that point. If they start off roaring in their first, first second in the East, you know, I'm making this up, they're, you know, 40 and 10 after 50 games or something like that, you know, like – it's like, oh, hang on a second, we've got a chance here. Like, I'm, I'm a, You're a bit more bought in when you're winning, bro. Like, when, you, when you're winning and everything's going well and you've got a talented roster and KD can now see, oh, shit, like, this could be the championship I get that no one can say I, w- I was with Steph Curry or, or this or that, right? So that could work as well if they start off well.
1: Dude, Pat Riley's the best in the game. And remember, the big three, their big three in and 2000, 2011 when they started out slow. And those three guys came into him wanting to fire Spolster. And basically, Riley told them all to fuck off. And he they're not fucking, you know, adversity hits. He's not going to fucking fold like most teams. And most teams fold in adversity. They talk about all that bullshit about, oh, we, we've got this Navy SEALs mentality. Yeah, until there's a, a fucking hole in the boat. And then they go from a fucking armored tank to the fucking Titanic in two seconds. Like, look, you get a little adversity. You got kicked in the dick. I get it. But just fucking let's, let's take a breath. You've got these, you know, you got these players in the roster. Let's not fucking look. If you had a deal that was great, take it. You obviously don't have that deal. They got plenty of time to make it. But like you said, they're going to go off. They're going to play well. And they have a, a chance to compete in the East. There's no team guarantee. Boston, fucking Milwaukee, Philly, you know, any of these teams. Atlanta, no one's like a guarantee to fucking get in there. Like, you have a really good chance. You could compete with any of those guys. If you get a healthy Durant, healthy Kyrie, healthy Simmons, Curry, and then your bench is good, like, yeah, let's let's roll with it. Like I said, unless you get a really good deal, I wouldn't do it with Harrow. I don't think he's good enough. But if you can get Jalen Brown, that's one thing. If you can get a guy like that, I'm not doing it with Collins. I don't think he's good enough. Jalen Brown is basically the only deal that I would make that I would would deal out Durant for. Um, Anything else, to be honest – I don't give a fuck about these pick swaps, eight picks, bullshit. Like for them, they're in a big market. They gotta win. You know they're gonna lose their fucking fan base a little bit. And, you know it's just again, you're gonna be wandering around that fucking desert with that three legged camel. You can't do that shit. You gotta you gotta compete, and, and you got a roster that can compete. So let's do be. Yeah,
0: interesting to see how that all goes, but. uh yeah, I think Brooklyn don't have to blow it up. It would be interesting to see if they do. All right, uh, Jalen Brunson, the worst kept secret in sports. Pro um, size of the New York Knicks, um, four years, one hundred and four million. I think the Mavs had a chance to get him at around about twenty two million a year before last before his last season with the Mavs. Was that correct? It was around about twenty two. No, it? much More. cheaper.
1: I heard. Was it? I read that it was like a Dorian Finney-Smith like contract. It was something like four years, sixty five. Oh wow. And I guess from what I read, and I don't know, I didn't ask anybody over there, um, but like it was something like they wanted to to have the flexibility of trading them for like these rules change every other fucking day. Like you know, when you sign a guy, can you trade him for this? Trade him for that? But I guess they couldn't trade them if they signed them, so they wanted to keep that open. From what I read, multiple sources, so they wanted to hold out and probably see his market value. Plus, they could trade them. You know, I guess they could trade him easily more, you know, a little bit easily. But I'm not sure. But they could have gotten him from what I've read, like 65 million. And he, from what I've read, he was, you know, he was ready to sign it. And they were like, I guess they balked at it, and they were like, all right, fuck it, we'll talk about it in free agency then. And then nothing could get done. And you know, then he got all the leverage. And you know this, Bogues. It's just maybe he got pissed, and he's like, fuck it. Like, you know, you know how it is. Like, you don't think a team. Sees you for the value that you are. You get, you know, you get in this tailspin of like, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to go and New York. Dad's on the roster, you know, as a as a coach. Just a coincidence. That was a coincidence. Just yeah, a coincidence. A coincidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I tried to be a nice guy before to say all that <laughs> other stuff, which was true. All that stuff was true, but you know, obviously, Dad's you know, a great that's coach. A, it has
0: nothing to do with his son's free agency. And the fact they signed him, and the fact the Mavs are crying right now because they're, they're they're alleging there was tampering involved, which of course there was. His dad's with the fucking team. <laughs> like,
1: well, folks, what team doesn't? Care no shit, like, exactly. Like, That's my point. Yeah,
0: but the Mavs, like, the Mavs gen- generally have cried a fair bit the last couple of years with tampering stuff. So, um, you know, it's yeah. I mean, it's just interesting because everyone's tampering. Agents are tampering. You know, is his is his dad texting his son technically tampering? Because I'm sure they have a relationship of some sort. So. Um, and just speaking of rules, real quick, real quick, that you said all these rules changed, The one rule that got me was the: um, if you sign the the uh, the home home team extension, you can only have two of those players on a roster, right?
1: Something like that, yeah. Like I guess in a trade, you, you can't, can't absorb have-
0: another guy that's signed his his home team max um, rookie rookie yeah. team max deal, right? You can't you can't then trade or through. an
1: offer sheet, yeah. yeah, or an offer sheet. So that was
0: the issue with like- with Aiden and Simmons and all that kind of stuff, right?
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. No, sorry, it was Bam. It was Bam. Was
0: Bam. Was Bam. It was Bam. Yeah, it was. It, was Bam.
1: Now, it was Bam. I don't know if it's the. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think you have to be in there in the same year, like your same year, draft. No, no, year. no. It's, it's not just, the same year. Yeah, yeah. So
0: basically, because yeah. Bam signed a home, uh, home team rookie extension with his home team with his first team, obviously Ben did it with Philly. Ben's contract was moved to Brooklyn. Um, Brooklyn couldn't do a deal with Miami because of that Bam scenario. You can't. Simmons would have to be in that deal in a three way to get him off the roster. So basically, you can't have Simmons and Bam on the same roster. That's an insane rule. Like, why the? F- it doesn't even make sense to me. Why would they do that? I don't understand. What's it protecting? It's, it's, it's one of the most silliest rules that I, I didn't even know it existed until so I was reading some of these trade proposals and I was like, <laughs> why? <laughs> what, is, what does that change? probably just- yeah
1: i mean you let all these guys sign on one team if, if if you like and you're okay with that but you can't absorb two guys on a rookie like it, that it shouldn't matter if the money works and you get the deal to work financially i have no idea i don't know what the advantage is and i thought it was really fucking strange but again you know it, people think that they go on like you go on trade checker and all that stuff in ESPN, you could just make deals easy. It's not that easy. You get all these complicated rules. You know, that's why like, you know, the ESPN guys, that Bobby Marks, that guy is worth his weight in gold. He's probably underpaid by half compared to what like he knows because you got all these rules. It's like the book's like a thousand fucking pages that you gotta read that like has all these rules and stipulations of the cap. You know, it used to be like, all right, get in within twenty-five percent of the number and you're good. Now it's like, you know, all these other little rules, when you sign, what you sign for. You know, it's um I'm yeah, shocked the team hasn't gone after him heavily, actually. Bobby Marks is really good. Like, I, I don't really care if you want him running it as far as like making trades. Just and in your front office, franchise. though. Oh, I would pay him a mil I would pay him a million dollars flat minimum because like those um, uh, those guys are worth their weight in fucking gold, and like working out deals, especially um, on a
0: draft day where you you got to think quick, right? So you, you you know you're like, do we absorb this and do this and do X Y Z and trade this pick and this dude knows the whole fucking CBA yeah. back of his hand, like that's invaluable in that 48 hour you know 48 hours leading up to the draft and during the draft, like. And the, the yeah. two
1: best guys in the league, the two best guys in the league are Bobby Marks, which isn't in the league technically. There's a guy Andy Ellisberg, who works for Pat Riley in the Heat, and he started as an intern. He big dude, like big. I could talk about big dude because I'm a big dude, so it's it's okay for me, not for you, folks. You're too <laughs> good in shape, but like Andy Ellisberg's is big ass dude that works for the Miami Heat, and. He, he looks like some guy that you'll see in the fucking track or something, you know, um, a horse track. But, like, this fucking guy knows all that stuff. And he's one of the most respected cap guys in the league. And he's, like, senior vice president of basketball operations for Miami. But, yeah, th- those guys who know those rules like that, they're worth their weight and gold. They had a guy in, in Dallas that you would never see this guy 364 days a year. You would never fucking see him. Then you see him pop up on draft night. And he he knows all the rules of the cap. It's like general counsel or whatever, whatever. But Bobby Marks is ridiculous. I remember I DM'd him a couple of times, like asking him rules and stuff, and he he got right back to me like that. You know what I asked him about? I asked him about um, Al Horford has a, de- um, a clause in his contract books, like he's he's um, partially guaranteed, you know, for next year, something like twelve million or whatever. But originally with the my uh, with the Philadelphia seventy sixes. If they make the finals, his contract goes from like 14 million to like 17 million guaranteed, or 12 million to 17 million guaranteed if they made the finals. So I asked him about, hey, if they trade, does Philly have to make the final or Boston make the final now? About now, of course, I'm a fucking moron. Of course, it's Bo- It transfers to Boston, and he got traded <laughs> from Philly. Like I'm a fucking moron. Like literally, it, you know, he was like, wait a minute. Uh, Did you get dropped on your fucking head when you were a kid? Literally, you should have said that, but I was like, yeah, makes sense now. I got destroyed in my group chat. But anyways, yeah, those guys are worth their weight and goal for sure, those cap guys.
0: No doubt. No doubt. All right, next one after the Brunson deal. Rudy Gobert. Well, let's
1: talk about it. You want to talk about Brunson? Yeah, yeah. Or you want to just go to Go for it. Yeah, what do you think? No, what do you think?
0: I'm interested to see how he goes being that – essentially, he will be the number one guy, right? Do you put him above um – RJ right now.
1: Uh, um, I would. As far as like I mean, the, the, well, your
0: go-to scorer on that team.
1: See, like that, but like teams like this, folks, I, I put everybody tied for first. You know, like none of them are first options to me. Like RJ's good in what he does. Like he's a big guy that could penetrate, get to the basket. He's he's trying to work on his shot. You know, he he's a good player, athlete. You know, Rand. You know, Randall's. You know, a guy that could score, could iso, could face up, could handle the ball a little bit. Brunson's a guy that needs to play off of other guys. He can make shots. He can drive it.
0: Does he though? Because because we haven't seen we haven't seen. You know, essentially Luca. There, there were times where, where it was in his hands a lot. But I think could could he be that guy with a high usage rate? Do you think? You, you don't think he can do that?
1: I I think it's going to be really tough to carry a team that has average talent. It's really tough in that league. When you're playing off of really good players, and look, it's no disrespect at all. Like it just is what it is in the league. You've seen the league enough. I've seen it enough. Like when you when you're playing off of great players, it's a lot different than now when you're the number one guy. Now they've got a little bit of talent there, and they got a really good coach. But now when you're the guy, and no one's really doubling off a lot of guys. Like I don't know if RJ Barrett. I don't know Barrett's gonna get. At how many doubles he's going to get off? where it's going to be like alright rotate out of the double give it to Brunson he can go so like if you're the main guy and, and people are game planning towards you it's a little bit different you know yeah, things in, change. in my opinion yeah, yeah I agree
0: yeah. With I agree with that that's what, I'm, that's what I'm asking do you think he's capable of being that guy or I mean it's something we haven't we haven't really seen for a pro like we saw stints when Luca was hurt and he did pretty well but like, like we've all said that was two or three game stints five game stints um, whereas now it's it's essentially him and RJ to carry that scoring load. Okay, Randall's in there as well, but um, I'm interested to see if he can be that guy. I think that's the next step for his progression in his career. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely easier said than done, especially when you when you, you know everyone was scheming for, for for Luca and whatnot, and you can come in off the bench at times and just run a mark But um, it will be interesting.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I totally agree. All right, so
0: off to the Rudy Gobert deal. So Rudy Gobert was basically. Um, you know, basically traded for any future the Wolves had <laughs> beyond this squad worth of picks. So they've they've, they've traded their future for Rudy. Um, people can argue. There's a lot of people that are. I would say 90 percent of experts out there are strongly against this deal. From what I've read, um, you know, Bill Simmons and um, uh, Rosillo, a bunch of different that strongly against it. Strongly, strongly against it. But we will see what the results are. But basically, Rudy Gobert gone uh, from Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly Leandro Balmero, Walker Kessler, who was the number 22 pick in this year's draft, Jared Vanderbilt, a 23 first-round pick, a 25 first-round pick, a 26 pick swap, a 2027 first-round pick and a 2029 first-round pick. So basically, a lot of their future young talent. And this is what we – I heard a pretty good take. I think it was Rosillo and Simmons um, made a good take about whenever a new ownership group comes in, something like this happens. Uh, because they want to put their mark on the team. They want to make a splash. Whether it's good and bad for long-term growth, they're all about let's be good now because I just got here. Let me be good that next season. And you see that with this. They're, they're, they're trying to hit a home run with this. Um, I, I don't know. Look, I think starting Gobert and um, Towns together is kind of the anti-NBA at the moment. Two two big guys. I mean, albeit Towns is much more mo- mobile, mobile, but it's like playing the four and guarding some of these fours. I think where Towns was really good for them was playing the five because he creates a lot of mismatch problems at the five. So now I mean, you've traded basically a lot for Rudy Gobert. Do you go to that small lineup with Towns at the five for for you know a, a decent number of minutes, right? Like so is Rudy then just playing in the 20s? You've just traded half your team. You know what I'm saying? So... There's that argument. What are they going to do there? I think they'll be better. I think they will. I think they can play together. Those two guys in a regular season, in the playoffs. That, that's that's the question mark. What's it going to look like in the playoffs? We all know what happened to Utah the last three or four years. Um, they picked on Rudy a lot, and unfortunately, even you know, okay, they picked on Rudy out of the switch coverages and whatnot. But when he was off the floor, it was even fucking worse, in my opinion. Like I was like, with him off the floor, like their perimeter defense was was atrocious at times, especially in that series against Dallas. So I think I think Minnesota improve. I'm not sure I'm not sure where I sit on this yet. Um as far as I think they just gave up a lot in 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 the future for you know an aging Rudy Gobert on a huge contract, bro.
1: I agree with you as far as I think the I think the ownership had a lot to do with it. I think that they're like, look, you know, we paid all this money for this team we got to make a splash. We, you know, we won our play-in last year. Um, no, that was a championship, I wasn't it? Oh, it was a play-in. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was a funny fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but, yeah, like, that's the thing. Like they, They're like, you know what? We want to add to this and, and, and this and that. They gave up a lot, for sure. But, you know, and it is anti-NBA, you know, as far as how the game's played. It'll I'll be interested to see. I haven't really said anything about it as far as, like, I don't know what I think about it yet. I think they will be better, but the, my question is: you dra- you traded for a guy. Look, if that's your guy and that's what it took to get him, that's what you took to get him. I told you drafting with Danny Ainge, it's like you, you literally, you know, he'll take your wallet, your fillings out of your teeth, your kids' trust fund money. <laughs> he will take everything from you in a trade. It's no, it's no, like it's ridiculous. The guy's the best trader I've ever seen, and he'll he will like. He won't make a trade unless he gets everything, almost everything he wants, and you know, obviously, he's proven that in the in the past. Um, my thing is like, you trade it for a guy that can't get into a, you know, can't get into a game, can't finish a game in the playoffs, past first round, you know, in the last two years, you know, basically. So, what do you go with that? You have a guy, you know, in towns who can't guard anybody for the first forty six minutes of a game, and then you get now you trade it for a guy that you can't play in the last two or three minutes of a game. So. I, I don't know where you're going with that. Are you better defensively? I you, do you have this player that's great, yeah. And then also like on um, you know, yeah, you know, it, it's just interesting to me about that trade. Like you have these players, maybe they think that like Edwards the clock's ticking, maybe you know. But like he, he still has to sign his extension, you know. He will sign that, and then he you got him for a while, you know. Um, you Russell, look, you're gonna probably look to trade Russell anyway. Towns, you know, may or may not ask for a trade depending on how things are going. So it's like maybe they're like, hey, look, we got to make a move yesterday. Um, and Rudy's got his, you know, downfalls for sure. He's got his upfall. You know, he's got his upticks too. Like one of the best defensive bigs in the league. Could block shots, rebound, all that. Um, you know, for all Utahs, you hear about their player development. They had him for 10 years. He still can't make a fucking hook shot or a free throw. I, I don't get that. But um, yeah, look, the pick's, I don't know. Like the picks are what they are. Like they're they're gonna be mid first round picks. Uh, you could pick swap if this thing goes bad. Obviously, Utah is gonna do what you know Houston did to Brooklyn and get all these picks that may not be worth a lot now, but in two years they're worth great stuff. Um. You look like who who said you can't play bigger? You know, with Towns being a shooter, you you add. We saw it with Boston, right?
0: We saw it with Boston.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, like, they said, oh, you can't have bigs, you can't have bigs. And then in the playoffs, you know, people are killing people for not being big enough. So it's like where, do, like, where do you really stand on this? Look, Towns can shoot. There are teams that don't guard anybody. Look, Houston with D'Antoni didn't guard anybody, but they fucking scored. Like, there are teams that can score, that could go deep in the playoffs that don't really guard anybody. I get it. Like, okay, um... Yeah, fucking go for it. See what happens. I mean, look. Every time you say, "Oh, this will never happen," things tend to happen. So let's see where the fuck go- where this goes. They get a veteran big that's a good player. Yes, he's aging, but you know what? Like, you know, look. Every fucking contract in this league, I'd say ninety nine point two percent of these contracts are tradable. So if if it doesn't work, you could trade guys, and you could you know you could try to retool. You know, the media lets you off the hook. You know, God forbid you're a GM that's over 32 years old. They kill you for that. But if you're a team that just trades everybody away and says, we're retooling and we're going to get pick swaps and picks, they fucking love you. So it doesn't really matter. Like, let's see what happens. If it works, great. If not, you trade, you keep Edwards and you just fucking trade everybody else and you try to make a deal and, you know, you try to sort of build through Edwards. Um I think that this could work. I think it could be pretty good. But look, look at the teams you're competing with in the West, though, regardless of what fucking trades you make. Like, you know, the West, you've got fucking, you know, obviously you got Golden State, Clippers, Golden State, Memphis. You know, um, Denver's good. You know, Phoenix, you got to deal with. That's just fast. Yeah. Yeah. And then Dallas is good. And then you got, you know, you got Dallas, who's good. Oklahoma City's the young. New Orleans is coming up. Yeah. Yep. New Orleans is better than fucking Oklahoma City right now. Like, you've got guys. You've got a lot of fucking guys here. So, it's interesting.
0: And I think I think Minnesota probably make this deal too, knowing that full well they're never going to have a chance to get in front of a guy like that in free agency probably. You know, like, maybe, maybe, maybe. But, like, they're not going to go out and get a star. Or, like, when look, when Rudy was a free agent, when he signed his big extension with – so the first time I guess um, you know there's a lot of teams that were knocking on the door um, they would have been knocking on the door if he was unrestricted right so it's yeah I think this is a move that's we're not we wouldn't get this names a big name like this in free agency um, necessarily uh, we'd be a second third fourth option and probably had something to do with it but yeah I'm interested to see how it works I think it's it's non-traditional on today's analytical way of playing and structuring a roster but let's see if it works. We know, like you said, you make a valid point. Towns is, you know, he's, 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 I think he's a big man version of what Tatum was a couple of years ago, um, in my opinion, where he's, he can be better defensively. He just, he just doesn't bring it defensively because he's so good offensively. Whereas I think Tatum took a big step this season doing that. Like he re- re- finally realized I need to be average, if not a little bit above average, for us to be a finals team to, defensively. And he was. Credit to him. He was sensational. He he really grew defensively. And I hope he grows again next season and becomes a talking point defensively. But that's where I think Towns is as a big, I think he's just that's why they brought in Rudy. It's a glaring hole. They're like, shit, like, you know, we need we need someone to protect the paint a little bit better. And and Towns is capable of it. Like he's very, very athletic. He's long enough. He moves well. Like he can be a bit defender. He just needs a coach that demands it from him. You know, if if he just gets to an average level and they've got Rudy back there, they they'll make a splash. So I'm looking forward to to see how that goes, but uh, yeah, definitely a, a lot to give up future-wise. But you know, who knows? The, the, those future picks could be bombs anyway. You know, you, that, that's a thing with, with some of these future picks. You might not get, you might not have a good draft. That there might not be a good draft that year. There might not be. You know, you might fall to a shitty number and and, and lose out on the top three or four guys. So, you know, I, I guess trying to win now for these owners is important. And we'll see. We'll we, you know we'll look back with with hindsight in about six months and evaluate where they're at. Donovan Mitchell. Pro, (laughs) if he ends up in Miami, did the Jazz let the Wolf in the hen house? That's my question, Pro. If he ends up in Miami, did the Jazz let the Wolf in the hen house?
1: Yeah, with with D D Wade.
0: Wade. Yeah, with D Wade. So obviously, D Wade was brought to Utah to help, you know, um, mentor Donovan and all that. If he ends up in Miami, it would be hilarious. But I've I've got a a friend of mine's a real big Miami fan, and I I was talking to him about it, and he he was saying that. he said, "No way, Danny Ainge will do a deal with Pat Riley. They hate each other." And then also said that D Wade still has a bit of uh, a bit of kind of mm, pushback on, on Miami about not being able to get ownership there. So that, maybe that makes sense too. Um, but it would be interesting. I mean, Donovan's gone, in my opinion, Pro. Um, it's just a matter of where. You know, I think Utah goes full rebuild, obviously with Ainge there. Um, you know, and like you said, he's he's going to wait for the right deal. Uh, New York's rumored. I, I don't know how that works with Brunson. That'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, what you think? You think Mitchell's on a roster on the Utah Jazz roster by the end of this season?
1: Oh no, I don't think he's. On, I don't think he's on the roster by the end of like like next month. Like I think he's. I think they're going to actively look to trade him. I do, and it depends on what the, you know who wants to give up what. I know Danny Ainge is a huge fan of Tyler Hero. Huge fan. Wanted to draft him. Wanted to trade up to get him, and got you know got screwed out of him, and, you know, draft day by Miami. So I do know that that's a big thing. I know that those guys don't love each other, obviously, but you know, look, Miami needs stars. They need scoring, and the, he needs a player. Business you is know, business. So,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, I, I do agree with that. I think he's going to be gone. I think he's going to be gone within two months. I do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting to see where he ends up. But yeah, Utah's Utah's gone the full rebuild, which um, is a shame. Though know, I wouldn't say they were close, but they had they had a they had a solid team for so long. They just couldn't get over the hump, and albeit stuck in a conference with Golden State and Dallas and some of these teams that are just so good. It's just um, yeah, I mean that that's that's the reality and harshness of this business. Um, you know, second round max, and that was it. That's all they had to show from that roster that that was was a pretty, pretty good roster when you looked at it from, from start to finish with a great coach and a great fan base. So hopefully they'll bounce back, but they're in a full rebuild. Um, we spoke about it briefly earlier, but uh, Gallinari and Brogdon at Boston, I love this move. Um, I think it is exactly what they needed. Uh, we spoke about it during the finals that Boston, their bench was just not not great. I mean, Derek Wyatt was probably their only shining light throughout the playoffs and then he dried up late in that finals. Um, and you felt like when Derek White didn't have a good game and a good punch off the bench, they just they just didn't have enough. Um, so I, I like this. It brings you know Gallo is a seasoned veteran, can get to the free throw line, really good at drawing fouls, can shoot the three ball, and Brogdon obviously an injury history, so there's a bit of risk there. But I think this is a risk they have to take, had to take, and I, I like this shoring up there. I think they've got better, um, and you know there's not many teams, championship teams, that can. You know, get two good players like this, and and further better themselves, and I think they've done a great job with these two pickups, bro.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, when you when you when you make these deals, first of all, when you make the Brogdon deal, and you gave away nothing, literally nothing. I think you, what did they give up, a pick or something? But the, the players are all stretched out and they're all gone, and then you you get Gallo and free agency, and you basically add to your roster without really giving away anything. You didn't lose anybody. Um, and you're yeah. Able so the paces, the paces
0: got. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, pacers got no, Daniel okay. Thies, Aaron Na- Aaron Nesmith, Malik Fitz, John Morgan, Nick Stauskas, and a twenty-three first-round pick. So essentially, a pick and Thice and the other guys are you know Stauskas has already been waived and a few role players. So yeah, you're right. Not much.
1: No. Yeah. You know, that's basically what you. It's it's literally like. You know, it's literally like money laundering in the NBA. You basically get off a deal; they give you a bunch of garbage and a pickback, and that's basically what you did the pick for. You know, you know that I love this deal for Boston. I you know, I think it's great. And then Indiana gets up, Brogdon, and they were able to make a make a deal for trying to get an offer sheet for for Aiton. So I like it. Yeah, I like it for both teams.
0: Mm-hmm. and and obviously Gallinari too so good for yes. good for them uh, alright so a few uh, Australian contingent uh, Joe Engle signs Milwaukee for a one year deal uh, reportedly should be healthy by December or January I think this is a great pickup for Milwaukee if Joe's back to you know 90% of what he was now you know as we've said numerous times he's not a guy that relies on athleticism and all that stuff so I think he'll come back just fine. Feet set, three-point shooter that sh- you know, shoots it in the 40s. You're not leaving him. Another floor spacer for Giannis can play out of the pick and roll. Him and We will see him and Giannis at times in the pick and roll, I believe. High, high basketball IQ and long and athletic – not long, uh, not athletic, long enough to, to be a competent defender at the other end just with his basketball IQ. So um, I like that pickup. Uh, kind of obviously losing DiVincenzo, they needed some more shooting and, and a seasoned veteran like this. Um, albeit coming back from an injury is a bit of a risk there for Milwaukee if he comes back right, but I think he'll be healthy by, you know, January and it'll be a big plus for, for Milwaukee. So I'm not sure what you what you think about that.
1: I don't know. what I don't really know. What, 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 you know, deeper into it, Boggs, what do you think about it?
0: I just like it from the point of view that, it, look, there's a risk there because he could come back at, you know, 60% of what he was and then if he's not moving well he's not going to play if he can't move and slide his feet and guard he's not playing he's, he's you know he was, a, he was a very solid defender for um, for Utah you know we, we give, give him a lot of shit you know as, looks like an accountant or a lawyer but but he, he's, he's got a high basketball IQ he's very good at getting deflections um, not over athletic but just, just plays the right way and he's three balls you know his sh- three point shooting percentage is elite every year he's in the top five basically every season right so I think Milwaukee needed another shooter. That was feet set. The Vincenzo hot and cold um, didn't play a lot late. I mean, I know they, they they definitely needed more shooting. That's what they need, especially the way they play with Giannis and and then having Brook around at the five spot. Um, I think this is a, a good move. But like I said, the, the risk is there with Joe. It's it's as simple as will he be back? He's old. He's what is he thirty four? Um, coming off a, an ACL you know, there's a risk there and that's why they gave him a one-year mid. You know, they, they they thought we'll take this risk. We'll be ready by December or January and we'll be um, comfortable with that and, and see how it goes.
1: I like it. I mean, signing a free agent, you know, like Joe obviously is good for them. I mean, it's, it's low risk for them. It's not a huge contract or anything. You know, what they've been doing medically with knees and things like that, you know, I don't know how long he's going to be out for, obviously how the rehab's going and all that. But, I mean, he's a vet. He's what a championship level team needs. He is shooting. He is basketball IQ. Um, you know, uh, he's not going to win any Hussein Bolt races even before the knee, anyway. But still, like, he's a good player to have. You know, I think he's an upgrade. He's a more consistent shooter than Connaughton. You know, if he if he's healthy and could help you, I think it's good.
0: Agree, uh, Aaron Baines, a potential comeback pro. So um, he had a closed door or not a closed door but a a workout for scouts and executives last week in Las Vegas reportedly looked really good considering he wasn't walking this time last year was lying on his back and had you know huge issues of spine neck all that kind of stuff Um, looked pretty well from what I heard shot the ball really well Uh, I think we had our uh, GM was there from the Sydney Kings I think he was 20 for 25 from three in the three-point shooting drill in that that split squat stance three that is ugly as hell, but he he shoots it well. Um, So he he was shooting him well, looked looked strong, looked all good. So it'd be interesting to see, do you think he gets another chance? I I mean, uh, my max uh, for him would be, I think, at best he gets a non-guaranteed vet min deal going into camp. I think that's a ceiling. Um, obviously he wouldn't take any other deal than that, uh, but I know he wants to get back in the NBA. I'm not sure around the motivations considering his last year, but I would, I would assume it's around retiring on his own terms down the track and finishing it off the right way and not being forced into retirement. Um, but there are rumours that you know there are NBL teams looking at him if he does not get an NBA deal. But do, do you think he gets a chance? And if you do, what, what are we looking at contract-wise?
1: veteran minimum two years, maybe maybe a little bit more than that. You know, maybe somebody uses a part of their mid level, uh one plus one, you know. Uh
0: you think that's strong have
1: a lot of leverage. What?
0: You think that's strong. You think he gets a two year?
1: Well, one plus one. It's mm. probably one plus a team option. I don't think he has the leverage to do one plus a, a player option. Probably a minimum non guaranteed in in most reality bogues, to be honest. But um I, I don't know I don't know. Like it's hard to read because he's a big, he got hurt. It was a, a pretty nasty injury. So, but I think people believe in his toughness. They believe in him as a player, good role player, knows his role, good in the locker room. I think that like a team might take a, take a flyer on him non-guaranteed or they'll give him a one plus one. They say, you know what? You know, it'll be worth the one year deal. And if he's good, we can get him for a second year at a steal. You know, instead of paying a guy eight million at his position, we pay him two two point eight or whatever. You know, like three point four or whatever in the second year. So, um, I could see it's not going to be anything long term. But like I said, maybe second year team team option where they can cut him at any time, give him a you know give him a hundred grand guaranteed or something like that. So I, I see a team give him a chance. I do. I I, I would.
0: Uh like to see Boston reach out, pro. Um, I think he'd be a good fit there. He's been there before. He knows their system, knows a lot of their players. I think he'd be a nice little tool up for a championship run. And you'd, you'd have, there'd be a lot worse third bigs on your roster than, than Aaron Baines. Um, so, and I know they lost Thice in that trade. So, potentially you can bring in another shooting big. you got, you got Horford, Williams, Baines, and Gallo. You know, not too bad. So, um, and he's been there before. So, yeah, but I think, look, People have asked me if I think he'll get back in. I hope he does. Um, I just don't think he's getting a guaranteed deal. I think teams are going to be a bit wary. As soon as you start speaking about neck and spinal cord stuff, um, there's a red flag, right? You you, you never want to have something happen on your watch as as an NBA team that further hinders him and hurts him, And you also don't want to take the risk of, of locking up a roster spot on a guaranteed deal with someone that hasn't played basketball in, you know, what is it, a year, year, and yeah, about a year now almost. So um, that's that's a concern. But yeah, hopefully he finds a home. Jock Lan or Lawndale, sorry, pro, um, San Antonio to Atlanta and off to sunny Phoenix. So uh, he got moved in Atlanta to Atlanta. Uh, He kind of let us know that was going to happen. We we tried to you know just talk him off the ledge a little bit, old Jock. But no, he was all right. And then ends up in Phoenix, which was great. I think it's a it's a good spot for him. Um, Hopefully, do you think he's found a found a little home there for this season, Pro? Or you think they'll they'll potentially make You know, especially with this KD stuff now drying up. That was my one concern. Was as soon as (laughs) as soon as poor old Jock got traded there, and then the KD thing came out, and Phoenix was rumored. I was like, you know, he could potentially be a throw in again. Um, at the bottom of that trade list and I don't think that's going to happen now but do you think he's found a home for the season in Phoenix
1: you never know with this fucking NBA Bogues like you know everybody lies nobody tells the fucking truth and you know you you never really can read things because trades could happen moves could happen you got a clear space you got a clear roster spots you know you you just never know Um, I think he does I think he's a shooting big I think you know, like Saric has been hurt; like he hasn't really been able to really contribute the way he could. Um, I think that you know, I think Jock really brings it every day. I think his shooting's getting you know better as far as his range and things. Obviously, he's smart. He's plays hard. Um, his hairdo still fucking sucks, but he's still he's still you know a good a, a good fucking egg. But um, I think I think he's a solid pro. I think he's a guy that. He's a young developing player, even though he's a little up in age, you know, for a developmental player. But like he, I think he's he, he showed a little bit of growth last year. He showed a, a little bit of resilience and things went down to the D League, did well, and then you know had some good games for San Antonio. I think that if I'm them, I'm saying yeah, fuck it, you know. Like I think he could be a guy that could help us, Frank Kaminsky type. I think he's better than Kaminsky to be honest. And you know, I think it's someone that you could give a little bit. They need help because look cp looked like you you know he was aging last year you know he didn't look great in the playoffs um you know you got booker you got Ayton you've got bridges um you know i think you just got to continue to to get these little pieces that could do small things make shots set screens you know i think he's someone that you could at least you know give him Give until you know trade deadline, see where he's at, and really evaluate if you want to you know you you want to have him long term in your roster. I think he's a good player. I think he's solid. I think they, I think he'll stay. Um, I think the KD thing's dried up. I don't think they're going to make any other big move. I think they're going to really stay what they they're going to stay with what they have. Aiton can't get traded for a year unless he okay's it. So it's going to be you know it's going to be Booker Aiton and and see you know Chris Paul. And then in Bridges and then just everybody else battling for that fifth option, sixth option, seventh option. I think he's got a chance.
0: Yeah, and he, and he look, he runs the floor really hard and has a three ball. So whenever you put that, someone like that next to Chris Paul, um, if he does get some minutes of Chris Paul, you know, he'll, he'll get a few easy, cheap buckets. It's just a matter of making them. So uh, Chris Paul will get him a few feet set wide open threes, a few transition runouts. It's a matter of Jock just finishing those off and in a minutes. so be interested to see. But I'm glad he's on a good team. Um, he'll be on, you know. I think he's he'll be out there a bit more now as well. Like if he does play well on a good team, I think that will help his help his brand and his lever. Oh, not brand. I hate using that word. Help his leverage as a, as a player to hopefully get a long term deal in the NBA. His brand? I,
1: I got a hundred euros. I right caught now myself. I buy his brand for
0: him. I caught. I caught. I caught myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not Good, not good, bogues. Uh, Russell Westbrook deal. This is, um, a weird one, pro. Have you followed this with the agent?
1: Um, with Dad Fouché, yeah. Uh, well, I-, I just saw that last night that they parted ways. I didn't read into it, um, you know, but
0: so yeah, this is I- the first time I could be wrong, I could be wrong, but. This is one of the first times I've seen an agent release a statement <laughs> after they, after they parted ways. Usually, it's just like the media reaches out to said agent, "Hey, you want to talk to your guy," or oh, "I no longer work with him. We've moved on," uh, or he, "He's no longer with the agency." It's as simple as that, right? Or you just, or they just delete him off the website. So Westbrook's form, now former agent um, Thad Foucher basically put out a whole statement um, about you know differences they couldn't agree to blah, blah blah but then also gave recommendations of what he thinks should happen with Russell Westbrook <laughs> just like what the fuck <laughs> just saying i love it. you know if you're going to trade him you better give this up if you're going to do and it's just like for those that want to read about it it's online ESPN did an article about it um, you're in, uh, yeah i mean it's i've just never seen an agent put out a statement like this and actually go to the media and do a do a write up about it and then also give his feedback on what should happen with his client Uh, Really, really strange, bro. I I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but I mean, it's a crazy world, but shit.
1: You know, like, to me, it's like what's happened in the whole world. Everybody thinks people give a fuck and they don't. Everybody thinks they're like a normal people. Forget about fucking players and agents and like really people that make a lot of money. Everyone thinks that like they're in a fucking press conference every day because there's bullshit fucking social media. So they got to put out fucking statements on everything, right? Um, I don't know what the fuck should happen. I don't know what happened between them. He's probably, you know, maybe Westbrook was a little, fr- again, I'm not going to speak on it because I don't really know. I'm just going to guess. Like maybe Westbrook was, you know, frustrated at him that he couldn't find someone else, you know, for this deal. He couldn't find a team to make a deal. It is what it is. Look, there's no, there's like, to me, with the whole Westbrook thing, there's no like buddy against Westbrook. He's not a bad person, not a bad player. It's just like he's an inefficient player who could really score, but he can't, he's not efficient. He can't really shoot. And like he's obviously getting banged up a little bit because of ages coming in. He's on a team with another guy that dominates the ball that doesn't want anybody dribbling more than two times. So it's really fucking hard for him to do what he needs to do. Plus, he needs to be. He's not good enough to be your focal point, but he needs to handle the ball like a focal point player. But like he thinks the world's against him. No, the world's against every player that doesn't live up to a superstar status anymore. Once you get dropped a little bit, everybody fucking hates you. Everybody like everybody who loved you and said you should be the next fucking the next logo on the fucking NBA logo will fucking stab you in the back and throw you off the fucking cliff because you're not producing anymore. He's not producing at a high level anymore. It is what it is and that's it and he's probably looking for somebody to blame or why is this happening because it's the first time he really had to face a lot of adversity and a long fucking time in this league those guys have been together like his whole career that's been his agent and probably just get to a point where like he probably thought more should be happening in trades and things like that and look these agents look You take an agent that you trust. These agents really, besides like Rich Paul and a couple of other people, there aren't a lot of people that could like move mountains for you because they don't have that leverage. Not a lot of agents have that leverage. And he's probably unrealistic, you know, unrealistic about what Fouché could do. And Fouché may be just fucking tired of dealing with it. And just said, "Fuck it, we gotta go." Because I'm not, I can't make these moves anymore. You're at the end of your career. Nobody really wants you like that anymore. You're gonna be a throw-in, and you're gonna be a fourth option or a third and a half option wherever the fuck you go. And he probably doesn't want to hear that. And maybe Faucher doesn't want to tell him that. But that's sort of the reality of it, you know. Because I'm, I hear all this shit. I read all this shit about everybody's against Westbrook or whatever, or like Westbrook sucks or this or that. You know, like people talk about like he's never been a good player before, but. This whole thing with the agent's weird because those guys have been together for so long. It's just yeah. But let me read you, you know,
0: the quote. So, so so he goes on to talk about um previously, you know, I've done trades with Russ, each team's gave up valuable players and, and assets every time Russ was in trade talks, blah blah blah. Also goes on to say, now with the possibility of a fourth trade in four years, the marketplace is telling the Lakers they must add additional value with Russell in any trade scenario. And even then, such a trade may require Russell to immediately move on from the new team via buyout. My belief is that this type of transaction only serves to diminish Russell's value and his best option is to stay with the Lakers, embrace the starting role and support Darvin Ham what Darvin publicly offered. Russell is a first-ballot Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame player and will prove that again before he's retired. Unfortunately, irreconce- irreconcealable uh, differences exist as to his best pathway forward. And we are no longer working together. I wish Russell and his family are the best. It's just weird that he'd go that in-depth about what the Lakers should do, right? Regardless of how that ended, that, that was the one thing that you, I just yeah. found funny about it.
1: Sure. You want to get value? You want to get value back for Russ? Here's what you do. You trade a 1960s Jerry West and fucking Elgin Baylor and you'll get fucking value back. He's got no value. He's got a huge contract that people sign, older age guys sign in like first couple years is great. But like at the end of their fucking contract, now you're looking at like a $45 million, $50 million fucking contract that nobody wants to take on. It's not got nothing to do with Russ. He signed the contract. The team signed him to that fucking deal. It is what it is. It's nothing the Lakers aren't trying to do. The Lakers have very little to no value on their roster. They got LeBron. They've got fucking... They, they got LeBron and they got AD. And that's really it. No one's giving you... Horton, Tucker, you're not getting anything for. You'll get a protected second-round pick to 48 for fucking Taylor, Horton, Tucker. Nobody wants him. Like, the, nobody. Like, you're not going to get value. So, like... It's nothing that they're not doing. It's no story against fucking Westbrook. I think Fouché is just sort of out of his mind with that one. No one's got – like, you either have value in this league or you don't. And he had value for a long time. If he was making $19 million a year, then, yeah, he'd have value. Teams would probably line up to get him. But he's making – I don't know what he's making, 40 plus million. Like, Nobody wants to take on that fucking contract. And that's just what it is. It's supply and demand. It's got nothing to do with it. You got Will Chamberlain, 1969 Will Chamberlain, teams will be begging you to get Westbrook with them. But there's no additional value you could throw on that contract unless you throw LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And we know that's not fucking happening. Mm. But.
0: Well, my my point is, pro, my point is, pro, that Thad should have just said. Russell and I no longer work together. Full stop. Yeah. We did not need to hear about yeah. all this other shit, man. Like you're no longer his agent. Get on with it. You know, it's a cold world.
1: Maybe, yeah. Maybe he wants to jump on the story because, like, people are saying, "Well, he couldn't get a deal done," and maybe he's mm-hmm. like, "Well, if they did this, they could get a deal done." You know. Yeah, so, yeah maybe, know. but it's just he's it's just a, a
0: strange one. Usually, the agent should take the high road on that yeah. one, but times are a- changing. All right. No Have you ever seen someone win the lottery, pro, and, and lose the ticket the same day?
1: Yeah, my wife, when she fucking decided to marry me. Mm, I but think Miles Bridges that.
0: Miles Bridges might have might have won the lotto and lost it in the same day, bro. He's, a, he's had a rough summer. Um, he, he, oh, it's not a laughing matter. Don't get me wrong, but uh, he, he's lost a lot of money. Um, I really am wondering what's going to happen with him. So first it was recording himself. Was it drinking lean? Is that is that correct, bro? Is that the terminology, lean? I don't, I don't know what that is. Is that the, co- the cough syrup? First
1: of all, first of all, does pro and lean go hand in hand ever in any fucking sector? <laughs> well, you're what American. You're American, I man. So I, th- I
0: figured you'd know what the hell lean is. Is it that, that cough syrup no shit? It's like a, a, I think it's some sort of, I don't know. I don't know anyway. It's some some sort of drink that gets you kind of bu- bu- beyond buzzing, beyond high or whatever it is, right? Got caught drinking, got caught. Okay. I think it's illegal, by the way. Got caught, not okay. got caught, filmed himself doing that and posting it to social media, which is all right, cool, whatever. It is what it is. Um, domestic violence charges have now come out. Uh, you know, I think his ex has released photos and footage and whatnot, what all in his free agency year, bro. Or um, well, sorry, extension year, right? Or is it free agency? Extension year. Extension
1: year. Extension, yep. year, extension, yeah. Year. Yeah, extension yeah. year. So he's
0: cost. They, they would extend it in. They had no choice. They had to. They had to do it. Um, he's, a, he's a fantastic player. he's his stock's going up on the court, getting better and better. But yeah, he's, he's cost himself a lot of money and. Um, I was speaking to a friend about this and he's saying, like, why would he do that? Like, why would he? And I said, man, if, if I'm, you know, my, like my agent, when I was going through my extension, my agent was, was calling me every single day. Like, hey, what are you doing? Because he, he basically said, don't play five on five. I don't want you doing anything crazy. Don't go jet skiing. Don't go skydiving. Don't go, I don't even want you to fucking ride a bicycle like until we've, we've we've figured out this extension and you've signed it, I don't want you doing anything. And I, I got it. He's like, he was stressed, you know, something stupid happens. You roll your ankle, whatever, right? He would call me almost every other day. Hey, you're not playing five on five. Are you? I don't even want you playing one-on-one, right? And I, I got it. And I think this was a similar conversation that Miles Bridges' agent needed to have. Like, listen, I know you're a little wild. You like to party. You like to do this and do that. Whatever you're doing, doing it do it at home until we have signed this contract. Whatever you're doing, you know, obviously don't beat up your ex-girlfriend or girlfriend allegedly. Um, don't do that, don't don't post drinking lean, don't go out. I would, I would even argue don't go out partying and being wild. Don't go do all that. Just lock it up until we've put pen to paper. And then like most NBA players, you know do what you got to do after you've signed the, the guaranteed deal, right? But just yeah, you just hate to see it with some of these young guys look, I still think you'll make some decent money going forward. But he's lost out on a lot of it, and especially with that public perception, um, whether guilty or not, uh, with domestic violence, as soon as that's attached to your name, whether you're guilty or not, um, it's very hard to come back from that.
1: Folks, I'm, I feel very strongly about this subject. I, I do, you know. I mean, this is to me, it's like it's worse than drug issue. It's worse than you know any any really big time thing a player can do to wreck their careers and i'm there's, there's no excuse for this none zero zilch you know not only yes that that agent should be calling him every hour on the hour telling him not to fuck up putting him in a fucking padded room until his fucking signing day but like you know but just to put hands on a woman is is disgusting in my opinion and like you know if i was the league i'd ban i'd ban him for like 4 years I, 2 years for 3 years i'd ban him i i there's no like with all these women's rights that everybody's standing up for these days, now you're gonna let this go and you're gonna let someone sign this guy. If now look, this it, you know we all know it could be most likely it's not made up or anything like that, but we gotta everybody's innocent until proven guilty. But if well, all this stuff about women's rights, you know, women hiring in the league, women's rights, women's rights, women's rights and then you allow this to happen and another team to give them more than a dollar next year, to me, it's got to be no tolerance with that.
0: There's nothing in the CBA, right, with this kind of stuff. I think there is for charges of of felonies. I think there is something, right? They can just nix the deal essentially, right? They can just say your your contract's terminated, but there's nothing to say there's a certain number of time you can't play or a suspension or...
1: Yeah, no, you're right. This is, a, this is my own fantasy world. You're right. There's no – I don't think there's anything that they could do unless it was like a murder charge well, then you're or something in jail. like yeah. that, God forbid. <laughs> but I think it's just yeah. – yeah, I think it's despicable. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think it's despicable. And, oh, no doubt. If you know, it's – it's, 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 like, like I not, said,
0: it's alleged at the moment because um, it hasn't gone to court. But if it's, if it's the truth, I mean it's – But
1: all these social justice warriors in the league, all these fucking guys, like they don't want to say anything about their own – They don't want to say anything. I don't care if it's my own. If it's my own kid and he did that, I'd be against him. You know, like that's big with me. I'm, you know, I do not fuck around with that shit. And I I got your back a thousand. And anyone who's ever worked with me or been around me, I got your back a thousand percent unless you give me a reason not to. And that is a big fat ass fucking reason not to have your back with some shit like that. And that's just how I feel (laughs) about it.
0: Totally agree. Yep, um, not good. Not looking good, and has cost himself, you know, a lot of mental well being, um, him, and obviously the lady, and and then um, you know, just contract wise, not 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 good, not good. And, and to my point earlier, I mean, if you're doing that, there's nothing really an agent can do. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. no. you know, no. uh, does an agent really need to have need to have a conversation with you to say, hey, uh, don't beat up? Don't beat up your girlfriend, man. Oh, okay, gotcha. No. You know, so um, probably a silly thing for me to say at the start there, but yeah, just more the point of like you try to you try to be as best behavior you can before you sign extension, and that's one thing that are getting crossed off. All right, we're going to go through all the trades real quickly and all the kind of bigger name signings that I've thought have gone on. Um, stop me if you want to discuss one pro or if anything tweaks.
1: Yeah, folks. No one gives a fuck about nine hundred of them. Like, no, no, no. We're not gonna me, go through like, all of Give them. me yeah. like, the, yeah, give me like your I mean, 20, 25 that you. Well, like. he's
0: there's a few trades. So Alec Burks, yeah. the Well, twenty-three second rounder, twenty-six second rounder, cash considerations. Um,
1: oh, can we talk about Winhurst? By the way, that Winhurst deal about um, about that trade that Brooklyn made with. Remember, Brooklyn made that trade with Utah, where they basically just. Royce O'Neal, and then he made it sound like it was like a fucking, you know, it, it was like a, you know, A fucking like mystery movie or novel that (laughs) you talk up to. Hands and fingers
0: were going all over the place. Yeah, first
1: of all, it's fucking hilarious. But like (laughs) that's how the media gets you. Like they want it's so clickbaitish, like they're up to something for sure. Yeah, he's up to something. A player that's not gonna fucking help him, he's gonna take about eleven million off his fucking payroll and he's gonna get a pick in return. That's all that was. And fucking he made it sound like it was a James Bond fucking episode where there was a fucking terrorist bombing that's going to happen for God's sakes. No, it was a fucking, it was a salary dump. Get him off my fucking books. And we got a pick in return and let's fucking move forward. He is fucking hilarious though. Just he looking is. at him. Yeah, without even trying to be. Like, yeah,
0: like, he is. It, that was pretty funny, actually. So people can you know, watch that. But there's the memes. It's popped up on memes everywhere. But he's yeah. he's kind of body language and all through it yeah. and just went on this rant that did, fucking went nowhere. It was just like, everyone was like, nowhere. what?
1: Clickbait. <laughs> Yo, clickbait. It's like, you know,
0: yeah. It's not yeah, it unbelievable. Good. But back to the no. deal, Pro. That, that was a decent. Sure. Uh, I don't understand this too much for the Knicks, just, just clearing cap space, basically. Um, they got back... Nikola Radicevic in a 25 second rounder, but they gave up. I thought Burks was okay for him last season, up and down. Noel was okay. Um I guess Mitchell Robinson's gonna take all those minutes, but I mean, what's what's the point of this deal?
1: Well, Boggs, it takes money. Like Nerwin's had money left, you know, Burks had money, you know, left. Like those guys had money. Um, let me just look at the money real quick and just just give it to you, Nick's. Salary so, like, Burks had nine uh ten million dollars next year, so it takes off ten. Nerlens had nine million off, so basically, Clean they were price. able to, tr- yeah, they were able to get cap space because they needed it for Brunson, and yep. there was no, the, yeah, so they needed it. To, that's all it did. You that would make sense. It's yeah. money laundering in the NBA. Basically, gotcha. it's just like Easy yeah, that's run. all it did.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, Kings acquire Kevin Herder from uh, from Atlanta. Justin Holiday, former teammate Maurice Harkless, and a future first round pick goes to Atlanta. And the Kings get Herder. Not a bad pickup for them. Um, nothing too too flashy with that. Jeremy Grant and Ishmael Camaget, which is the number forty six pick. Go to the Blazers um, for basically the 36 pick, which is Gabriel Procida, uh, 25 first round pick, 25 second round pick, 26 second round pick. I mean, Jeremy Grant was on the hot seat. It seemed like the day he signed <laughs> in Detroit. So it's good to finally have him out of trade rumors for now. A decent pickup for Portland, though. Um, I don't mind his game. I think he's you know I think he's a decent player. I think he can help them a little bit. Um, Portland's another one you kind of don't really know. What's going on there? Um, Dame's obviously resigned, you know, with that that huge extension. Um, so they'll still be competitive, but where they sit, who knows?
1: Yeah, I think that Portland needed to make a deal. Like, you know, look, they extended Willard, and they needed to get guys with them, and they needed to get anything they could get with them. I don't think there was a lot of players that they could acquire with the assets they were going to send out in this deal. You know, look, they were gonna they were gonna resign Simons. So they're gonna have Dame. They obviously lost McCollum earlier in the year. You needed something. I think we talked about this. I think it was a, a fact of fake news that if if Grant was gonna get dealt on draft day or what have you. But look, they they needed another player. Grant's not a great player by any stretch. He's probably a fourth option. You know, on a really good team, maybe a third option. But he is somebody that, you know, that like when Dave gets double teamed, and give it to. He's an improved shooter. He works with a friend of mine, uh, John Townsend, really good shooting coach. But like he's gotten better with the shooting. He's, you know, obviously being the go to guy in Detroit, which is basically like being the tallest midget. Um, you know, like he did get better. <laughs> he did get better being the number one guy on the team. So, like, it is a good pl- a good deal for them. I don't think they gave up a lot to get him. And now they get this guy that he doesn't have much left in his deal. And they get to sort of have another person they could put with Lillard and they put with Simons and, you know, they re sign Nurkic. So, you know, they're, they're just trying. Look, uh, uh, there's like six teams that have a chance for this thing, maybe less. Everybody else is, like I said, wandering around the fucking desert, right? You know, they're just buying their time until they get, you know, their best players forced in trades and they got to get rid of them. So it's like you got to do the best. You've got a top 15 player in your team. You got to make him happy. He obviously wants to stay there. He stayed there with all the thick and thin. And a lot of it was thin throughout his time there. And you got to make him happy the best you can and add, add some talent around him. And that's what they did. They tried to do. I don't think that Grant moves the needle all that much, but there's not a lot of players that are acquirable that you could put around your guy that's better than a you know a fourth option. So they got a decent player in exchange, and see what happens.
0: Yeah, for Detroit, it keeps them younger, gives them more picks, and then obviously moves Cunningham to that number one role exclusively for the most part. So that's kind of where they're going. The Nuggets, uh, Nuggets get. Contevius Caldwell Pope and Ish Smith and the Wizards get Monte Morris and Will Barton. Much of a much deal, in my opinion. I mean, who won, who lost that trade? What is it? It's 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 very 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 similar in my in, in my opinion with that one. Pro, I don't think we have to get too much into that one, but I'm not sure if you have any other the thoughts with that. But yeah, does it move the needle for either the team? Probably not.
1: No, nah, it doesn't really. I I was, you know I thought Barton was good for them. I thought Barton Same. was really good I liked for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you like. I I'm not a huge Caldwell Pope guy. He's okay. I think Barton could do more for you. Maybe they, maybe they thought that Caldwell Pope was more of a defender. I don't know. They extended him for a couple of years, so they obviously, they probably have some type of, they saw some type of value in the guy. But um, you know, Denver gets back what Ish Smith and Caldwell Pope. I mean, it's like rearranging the deck chairs of the Titanic. It's just Much it doesn't really matter. Yeah, mm-hmm. as you said, so we'll
0: go okay. forward. Um, and then the, the the Jock Landau deal was initially um, DeJounte Murray, Jock Landau went to the Hawks, Spurs got Gallinari, who they then waived or bought out, um, a 23 first-round pick, a 25 first-round pick, a pick swap in 26, and a 27 first-round pick. So the Spurs are building uh, war chest again to get all those picks and draft a bunch of international players, I'd assume. But um, DeJounte Murray going to Atlanta, uh, interesting one. Yeah. Um, just from, I mean, Murray's a high usage guy. or He was in San, well, as much as you can be in San Antonio because no one's really a high usage guy in that system. But, he, you know, he likes the ball in his hands, triple-double guy every night. But Trey Young's that scoring point guy with the ball in his hands. So I'd be interested to see what they do there Um and who they have playing off the ball more.
1: Um Yeah. What are your thoughts there? You know, Bogues, yeah, I mean, They've been sort of in it once they've lost Duncan officially, even though Duncan didn't really help them all that much the last year. Like, you know, they were able to move that roster in San Antonio around those, you know, Ginobili, Parker and Duncan, you know, and Ginobili and Duncan at the end. Um pretty seamlessly and and, and sort of get some gets some things going. They haven't really had much success since they lost those guys, you know, officially. And they, they were just they're trying these young guys, they're giving them contracts, they're not working, so you just go, you know, look, they probably they they like Keldon Johnson, like I've said before in the on the pod. They like Josh Primo, the young kid they have. You know, those are the guys they really liked and they wanted to build around. They liked Murray, but they probably not enough to give him the contract that he wanted. So they probably tried to get as many, you know, assets they could for him. So um they're in it too. Like, look, they've got all these young players, they gotta figure out what what they're gonna do with them. They drafted really, you know, they draft they had multiple first round picks in this year's draft. So, you know, look, I think Murray's a good player. I don't see what everybody else saw in Murray, but I think he's a decent player. You know, look, it adds a little bit more talent to, you know, it adds a little bit more talent to to Trey Young and those guys. And, you know, I don't know. I'm Like I said, I'm not a huge fan, but he's a good player. He puts up numbers. It just is what it is.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's going to be interesting to see how they go on a one-two punch. But, um that's basically all the trades. Let's go transactions real quick. Um, let's go through kind of the bigger names that, that, that either re-signed or moved on. Obviously, Gallinari went to the Celtics. Hartelstein going to New York, decent pickup for them as a backup big. Um, obviously, losing Noel in that trade. Um, the Knicks re-signed Mitchell Robinson to an extension, so I think that's a good signing for them. Good young big. Kaminsky's gone to uh, the Atlanta Hawks. You said a poor man's Jock Landale. He's gone. Uh, Denver Nuggets, DeAndre Jordan, kind of towards the end of his career, a bit of rim protection if they needed potentially in a playoff series. I don't think he plays a lot there. Uh, who else do we have? Obviously, Paddy Mills re-signing with the Brooklyn Nets on a on a bigger number. He had a one-year deal, opted out and signed a two-year for a bigger number, which is always good to get more cashola pro. We love cash. Uh, what else do who doesn't? we have? Yeah, has re resigned. Obviously, that big extension. Uh, Kevon Looney has resigned um, on, a, on a decent size short contract. money.
1: I thought he would get more money. I thought he would get more you know, Looney. Yeah, you know, based. Yeah, I playoffs. thought he would
0: too. But I mean, I think he's probably happy with his role. Probably. Sure. Can he get two or three or four a year more somewhere else and move and play a different role? I think he's valuable for him. So I don't think it was. It was you know probably what he what we all expected when he was going to free agency, but, you know, a market for a role-playing big that plays off shooters probably isn't as, as, as vast as we think. JaVale McGee to Dallas, I like this one, Pro. I think I think that's a really good signing for Dallas. Um, I think just yeah. giving them a bit of room protection. I think he's at a point in his career where he understands his role. He's not trying to cross people over and, and do all those silly things at times. I think Jay Kidd will be a, a great coach for him, and I think... um you know, he's won a championship. He's he's been with numerous teams that have been good teams that have been shitty. So he, he knows both ends of it, and I think he'll be, you know, reportedly Jake is going to start him at the five, um, which is interesting in itself. So I like that as, as some rim protection there and just shore up shore them up a little bit defensively, a bit more length. Um, Brogdon, obviously going to Boston. That one's all all pretty basic, but that's that's pretty much what we have. I mean, Divincenzo. Golden State Warriors, I think a good pick-up for them. Decent pickup, mm-hmm. Gives them a, a bit more so. shooting. Uh, guy that's decently athletic, so not too bad. Jokic obviously signs his big extension. John Wall with the Clippers. That's one we should probably hit. Um, I think decent. I'm looking forward to seeing him back on the court. Um, how does he fit in with... You know, PG and, and Kawhi. I mean, I saw some comments, John Wall saying, you know, I get the, the third or fourth best defender. I oh, bet, you know, like very, very confident about that. But, you know, John Wall likes to play an up-tempo, run-and-gun type style of play with his speed. I think Kawhi is a bit more slower with that. PG kind of in between both of them. So it'll be inter- I'll be interested to see how that all fits in, Pro.
1: Yeah, you know, look, Wall's a really good player. And, look, he had him play for a while, obviously, with the whole, you know, Houston thing and the trade from Washington. I get all that. But my problem is like obviously there's been some issues off the court with him, like team wise, you know, personality, all that. And you know, when you get defective genes, you get defective genes. And look, you could hold you could hide it for a while, you can go to a new team, but that stuff tends to sort of fester. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Look, he's a good player. They got him on the cheap. Um You know, it's great job for the Clippers, but I don't, I don't know, I I don't know how this is gonna go. Like I said, usually those guys that have issues like that, you know, teammate stuff, it it tends like the new team always great. It's like training camp, right? Everybody who can't shoot can shoot. Everybody, yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody's that's been a bad guy found God, all that stuff. I don't, I, you know, like when he's going to have to deal with a situation where he's going to be the fourth option. You know, like, can you really deal with that? You know, can you deal with that? Like to me, Norman Powell's ahead of him. Like, you know, obviously, you know, Kawhi, you know, PG and i would go Norman Powell. Norman Powell has been 18, 19 point a game guy for the last couple of years. And now he's the guy who's just going to sort of like, can you, can you play that role? Maybe he's the third best. Who knows? But I don't know, because those guys do a very poor job of dealing with their role. Look what happened to Westbrook. You know, we talked about that before. Like when you got a downgrade, when you're quote unquote superstar, and you got to downgrade your role for the first time in life in your career, basically, in a long time, you tend not to deal with it very well. So, and they got Reggie Jackson still, right? Fucking Reggie Jackson. Bogues, that's why you get the big bucks. I totally fucking forgot about that. And yeah, that's going to be interesting Reggie in Jackson. itself
0: because he, he came yeah. on pretty well late last season. He'd be thinking, shit, I'm one of the, <laughs> I'm the third option between, between those uh, Kawhi and PG.
1: Without doubt. Without doubt. So that's what we're dealing with, brother. It's tough, man. Like, you know how it is. You know better than I do. Like with all the roles and, and, and how players really have a hard time with it, especially when you get a downshift when you're used to being that guy now he like you know to his credit or to his non-credit he's got you know he's got he hasn't been the guy in a couple of years but again nba players never really like to tell themselves the truth and they'll probably blame it on everybody else but truthfully like you could help this team win a championship on paper they're the best team in the league it's not even fucking well, it is close but in, in my opinion on paper what they have on their roster they're the best team but like, I don't think that they're going to really get everything they can get because of injury stuff, you know, with with Kawhi PG you just don't know. And then you've got wall, which you don't know which wall is going to show up. So, you know, I don't know if it's going to be John Wall, or you're going to hit the wall. I fucking don't know. And nobody I don't think anybody else does either. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's a great pickup because you literally had no assets going out for the guy. I think you, they, they, I think they used their, their taxpayers' mid level, and that's all they used to to sign the guy. So it's not like they had a lot to to do with you know they had to really shell out a lot to get him. So it will be interesting. Yeah, it will be. Um,
0: I totally forgot about the Clippers to an extent that um, yeah they're gonna be. They're still going to be up there. I think they're, you know Kawhi healthy. Looking forward to seeing how that all goes. They were meant to be, they were meant to take over LA a couple of years ago. So let's uh, let's see it this season. Uh, summer league thoughts, bro. Just give me a quick wrap. I mean, I, I didn't cat. I don't watch too much summer league. I apologize. I watched a little bit. I saw some highlights of Chet Holmgren. He is long, man. I mean, I know they you know he's he's got a lot of reservations about his his size. There were a couple of guys that have already bullied him. I think he'll grow into that eventually. I think you know they'll get him in the weight room and smashing protein shakes with those meathead strength trainers they have in NBA teams and they'll get him a little bit bigger but I think being lean suits him. I think maybe they'll shore up his chest a little bit just get him a bit stronger to absorb those blows but he affects a lot of shots at the defensive end, man. Like he, if he's not blocking it or getting a deflection, he's, he's making guys shoot ceiling high floaters um, and I think that, you know, we, offensively he was hot and cold in some league. He showed glimpses of what he can do but he, I think he's going to be a player. I think he's, He's very very confident in what he does, and I think he he does a lot of things. Even if his shot's not falling, um, it seems like he does a lot of things that that'll that'll help his team win. And on top of that, Josh Giddy, you know, um, a lot of people saying, "Why the hell is he playing summer league?" You know, uh, which I agree with to an extent. That you know, it's good for him to get in there with those young guys, play a game or two, and then they shut him down. But yeah, he looked at head and shoulders above the rest at summer league, and just just that he's played at his own pace. Um, sees over defenses, makes the right decisions. Just, just a savant passing the basketball. So, the Thunder will be fun to watch. Pro, they will be very, very th- fun to watch. I, you know, I think they're going to be, you know, they're going to show glimpses. I think, still think they're a year or so away from from actually making a bit more noise in the wins and losses. But they're going to be a fun team to watch. I, I really, I, I really going to enjoy watching them. Pro,
1: Boggs, like no doubt about it. Like Holmgren. Is one of the best players I've ever seen, skill-wise, at that size. You know, I I, I haven't seen many players better than him um, with with all that going on. But I, I worry about those legs. I do. The physically strong, all those guys get stronger. Like my mentor in scouting, a guy named Herb Livesey, who works for the Nuggets now, always said, Mike, there are books of guys. That before they got in the NBA said they're not strong enough, but they get an NBA strength program. And you got to understand that it's all basketball. It's no classes. It's no anything like that. It's all, it's just going to be how we're going to get Chip Holmgren, keep him on the court, keep him healthy, keep him strong. They're going to be working with him 24 7 to do that. I agree with that. The problem is those legs are really fucking skinny. Did you see somebody tweeted out a fucking picture of his like one leg? Um, and it said that's going to be the new logo in the NBA. I mean, that thing literally was a fucking toothpick. Like that, I think it's gonna have a, tr- a tremendous problem with um, his skill level, being able to shoot it, shoot it off the dribble, take you off the dribble, face up, score in the post, block shots, all that. You know, like that's the big thing. But the legs thing, like, like it's it's the same thing with Porzingis. Like I told any player that, any of my clients that were playing Dallas or playing Porzingis, say, look, don't try to fucking block shot, don't try to go up on him when he's like when he's facing you up. Defensively, when he's squared to you, you gotta take his leg, like you gotta go into him and you gotta go low and take him out, you know, like oh, like legally, of course. But like when you go into him, you gotta take, you gotta back him down, you gotta hit him in his legs like that, and then he'll go back because he's strong up top, but not on bottom. And that with Holmgren, I think he's gonna really struggle with. Like just the physicality night in and night out. It might not be every day, whatever. I'm not talking like he's Sam Bowie or anything, but those legs to me are very scary. But his skill level is off the charts. Now, everything else Giddy, he's a fucking star of Summer League. You know Paolo Banchero, obviously. You know number one pick. Orlando Magic did great. Jabari Smith played well. Holmgren played well. But to me, Giddy was a star. Yeah. You you one on one end. You could say, well, why is he playing summer league? Blah blah blah. Yeah, I get all that. But I mean, it doesn't matter. Fighters fight. In my opinion, if you're you know he's second year in the league. Like if he wants to play summer league, go and fucking play summer league. And that's just sort of that's sort of where we're at. And but the guy like. Him and and you know Shai Shy, Shy Gilgers- Alexander and like those guys together, those three, uh, those two guys, those three together are gonna be really hard to stop. Now they don't have enough. They're they're there's some time away without question, but I think that they've got a really good young group of players. And let's not forget, like they got they still got Dort, you know, in the in, in the lineup. And I know that 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 foreign kid, I can't uh, pronounce his name, uh, Pokeski, Pokeski, whatever Uh, the fuck his name is. Yeah, Yeah. he hasn't done a lot, and he might be a dud, but he still has time. He's he's still decent. But now when he's not going to be a focal point, third best player, fourth best player, now when you get that guy down to the fifth best player – and you've got those four guys in front, you get something going. Plus, they've got ten thousand three hundred and forty-three picks in the next three drafts, so like they get plenty of time to get more players, and they got plenty of cap room to be able to make you know make moves. So, you know, like I said, Sam Presti one of the best GMs in the league. Um, I think he'll find a way. If he's not the best, he's second best, and you know they'll just keep building the roster from brick by brick. I think. I I sort of like what I see, but Summer League, look, folks. To me, Summer League is a complete bullshit. It's complete hype, like everybody, like everybody, like is on, you know, on pins and needles around Summer League. Oh, this is the best. This guy's the best. This guy's the best. This guy's the best. And it's all bullshit. In two weeks, no one's gonna remember anything about fucking summer league besides they gave them that those fucking mob, yeah, you know, those mafia style fucking rings for winning summer league. That's the only <laughs> thing people are gonna remember about summer league. Like I tell clients of mine that are that are struggling a little bit, I'm like, look, nobody gives a fuck. Don't try to score thirty points a game in summer league because most of the guys who lead summer league in scoring, they need fucking all they all those guys usually need is they need they need a, a fucking packet of Rosetta Stone. A fucking uh, a tour guide to how to fucking backpack through Europe and fucking some euros because they'll usually be playing overseas. You got to play a role. Everybody thinks everybody's the greatest thing since sliced bread. They don't understand eighty percent of the people who play in the NBA and the NBA Summer League, maybe even more, are not NBA players. They'll never be on NBA rosters. So. You know, it's good to see. I like it, but like it's a hype machine because in two, in a week, two weeks, no one's going to remember this. Everybody's going to be worried about um, training camp, what's going to be happening with that. Then you go from training camp, then you go for preseason, and then into the season. It's just everything's in blocks in the NBA. Everything just sort of like that's what it is. But I really like Gideon Summer League. I liked, uh, you know, I like Orlando's pick. I, I like, um, I like Jabari Smith, he played well. I thought the Celtics, you know, their second round pick, the kid Davidson played really well. I didn't I didn't watch a ton of Summer League. Um I just watched uh Ty Tai Washington played well for, for the Houston Rockets. But like I didn't watch a ton of it. I watched my clients play and I watched a couple other games. But um yeah, Summer League is what it is. It's a like I said, it's a good starting point, it's good to build on. But uh, yeah, besides how about those fucking championship rings? I've got my ring from Kobe. Like, it's the size of that. Now it's not worth that much. It's probably like Cortex or whatever fuck other fucking fake fucking diamond that they got. But like it is a big ass fucking ring. Like, it's bigger than the Miami Heat Championship ring. They put it like they put it like side by side with each other. And it's a big ass fucking oh, ring. Oh, it just diminishes.
0: Cool just diminishes. Yeah, it is, but it diminishes. I think yeah. give him something else, like a met like the ring's the pinnacle, right? Did those like- guy's
1: 10 grand. Give him 10 grand each. All those guys, mostly they don't get paid. They get even the rookies don't get paid. All you get paid is your fucking per diem. So they're getting 122 a day. They're probably spending that at the ranch up the fucking street, two hours north, or they're spending it in fucking <laughs> the, you know at the <laughs> casino. Like they're not like they're not like you don't get anything out of summer league. So like that's a good point. Know, like I would that,
0: That's a good point. We should start a petition for some prize money for like make it make it actually worthwhile. Like you know yeah um, a lot of those guys that are. are, are not even on a contract anywhere in the world making money. Um, so did yeah. you see the one kid from Boston hit the buzzer beater. Um, what was his name? I did not. Uh, I forgot his name. The one kid hit the buzzer beater, and he was doing an interview after saying that he was an, he was doing Uber uh, Uber Eats a year ago. During the pandemic you know um real cool story and he hit a like a three quart, uh, quarter quarter buzzer beater but yeah to your point like give him give him some money yeah or, or just give him don't give him a ring it diminishes what a championship ring is in my opinion i think give him a medal or a trophy or something not a fucking championship ring you know Bogues,
1: but folks this thing it was started by warren lagari right like it was started by him about 20 years ago and The thing was, it was a little thing in summer league, like Vegas summer league back in the early two thousands was just this little thing, had a few teams in it, 16s, whatever. In Boston, Danny Ainge ran, uh, it started a little bit before Ainge, but he had the Boston summer league. We had like 16 teams in it. And what happened is we had the democratic national convention coming to Boston and all the hotel rooms, all the fucking, you know, everything was sort of geared towards this democratic convention. So like, like at the last second, I remember me and Ainge were at a subway in New Jersey. We were going to see uh, Jameer Nelson and D- uh, Delonte West play in New Jersey. And he had to make the call. And I remember him calling Warren and being like, look, we're not going to be able to do the league. We'll funnel all our teams to you, including us. And then that's what started this league. And now they started it into a three-ring circus, like halftime, you know, half – like. Thousands of people go to these games, especially the Lakers. Like they, they bring they sell out Thomas and Mac and UNLV or at least very close to it every time they play. So they get all these people going. They make millions of dollars. First of all, like each team, I don't know how they do it, but each team usually pays about 15 to 20 grand to play the game. So like you get that fee. Then you get all these fucking tickets, which are expensive as fuck to go to. You get sponsorship, you get tickets. You get all this media going. You get a million conventions that are around the Summer League that people go to and pay. I mean, they it, it attributes to millions and millions of dollars now. It used to be this little thing that they made a little bit of money on. Now it's just like that's the best ticket in town. Everybody goes. All these NBA players and these celebrities sit courtside. You know, media, uh, social media, all this stuff, you know, podcasts everything now the rings to tell you the truth that's that's just part of it you know what i'm saying like that's part of the three ring circus because it besides like nba playoffs nba like it's like one probably one of the top five or six things the nba does throughout the year it's way more popular oh, than fucking the d league like times 10 as far as off season so, too
0: yeah off season from the main yeah. league. Spring training, maybe baseball, but that's not that's not really a no, kind of, no. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I, this thing is ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous. This oh, so I'm up many up for people. Ten
0: k, ten k a player to win. I'm,
1: I'm up for twenty five grand. Twenty five grand. Every non NBA player that doesn't have an NBA deal, twenty five thousand. Um, if you win it, yeah, you know, twenty five thousand. If you win it, without I like pressure. it. That's what I get.
0: Yeah. Like it, bro. You bringing shit to the pod? This after a little refresh, you got two or three weeks. You're bringing things. It's fucking great. You, you know? know,
1: I was in the mountains. I was yodeling in the in the mountains of Greece. You know, they <laughs> wanted me to go in the water, but I had to dodge all these fucking rusty uh, fucking harpoons. But it was uh, it's been a good couple of weeks off, man.
0: Mm. Okay, NBL real quick. Uh, John really, I'm not sure if you know who that. He's a former NBL legend, played in the NBL for a number of years. He is been announced as the head coach of the Perth Wildcats after uh, Scott Morrison left um, he's a hoops junkie pro hoops I played with him uh, one season with the national team in 2004 Athens Olympics he was my roomie loved basketball like he would just talk basketball nonstop. I think it's a good appointment for the Perth Wildcats he will put the time in so Box tick there for the Perth Wildcats, as much as I hate to say it. Um, I like the signing. Derek Walton Jr. has signed with the Sydney Kings. Um, Huge signing for us. Uh, We thought he was a really fringe NBA guy. Uh, Probably you could do worse on an NBA roster, in my opinion, with your your 13, 14, 15, but we know how that goes with two ways and young guys in development now. So he's been unfortunately kind of just timed out of the league, and, and we were fortunate enough to pick him up. He had some 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 Euro offers as well, but um, he chose a Sydney King, so big for us. And there are rumours that we've signed someone else, um, which will be announced uh, later today when the po- so the podcast will drop tomorrow. Later today, um, so I'll leave that I'll leave that with you all. But a former uh, defensive powerhouse, a, a defender um, from the Illawarra Hawks down south. Um, he was there a couple of seasons ago, and we managed to get him. He'll be huge, but that'll be announced later today. You can find that name yourself. Melbourne United might be in a world of hope, bro. Um, Matthew Dellavedova, yeah, I, I, be- I believe Matthew Dellavedova has been considered with uh, to sign with the Sacramento Kings. Um, oh, I
1: heard that. Mike Brown, yeah, those guys. He played. Mike Brown for Mike, loves
0: him. They- he was with Mike yep. Brown in Cleveland um, when, when – I believe he was there when uh, – was he there when he infamously earned that roster spot or after? I can't remember who was coaching when he – he went in as a non-guaranteed camp invite and took a roster spot. I don't know if Mike Brown was a the coach then or if he came in after. But anyway,
1: that- It was 2013 because that was my first draft with the Mavericks. We worked them out. I know um, – so 2013, 2014 is when he uh, – the league. I think Mike Brown was there. I, I, I want to say, but I'm not sure.
0: So it was his rookie, yes. He would have been the one that made a decision on bringing Daly in because he had a great camp of picking up full court and doing all that. So there's that relationship, and um, I, I have a feeling they might they might bring him in. They need, they need some – just someone that's a pro every day. I mean, Harrison Barnes is that guy as well, but it'll help to have another guy like that in their locker room with a young group, so it would not surprise me. And then the other one is Jack White. I don't know if you caught any of him at Summer League Pro, but he played for the mm-hmm. Denver Nuggets. He, he was at Duke for four years, if, if, you, remember, if you remember him, um, Australian guy, but just an intangibles guy, like does everything well, really good defender, um, can play point forward, can pass a ball, uh, can play multiple positions. The question mark for him was a three ball, um, came to the NBL, shot it inconsistently, but shot it really well in summer league. And... He had a couple of games with 14 and 15 rebound games in summer league, and, and people are like, "Who the hell is this guy?" So, in the world of small ball and analytics, and guys that play multiple positions, he's a big, big part of Melbourne United, and he might get poached as well. So, as a uh, rival of Melbourne United, we hope Jack White gets a you know five year NBA deal, and Delvadova goes there and, and, and never comes back. So that'll be good for the, for the old Sydney Kings playing Melbourne, but. In all yeah, seriousness, yeah. that that's great for them and Australian players. I mean, Jack White, I actually had never met him until a couple of months ago at Jock Landale's Engagement Party Pro, um, which was a hike in itself. Get invited. To, it was a hike oh, so prick. Lucky you, this thing was in the middle of nowhere. It took me four hours from Melbourne Airport to get there. But no, it was a beautiful, beautiful ceremony uh, in the countryside at his parents' ranch. It was very, very nice. But um, I met Jack White there, just an unbelievable dude, man. Like one of the nicest guys I've met in my life. Like... Like just really, really nice guy. So even though he's playing for Melbourne United, um, I'm a fan of his. I think he's a he's a great fella. And just finally, New Zealand breaker, Finn Delaney, who's a, a pretty high-end prospect here in Australia, or the NBL, has gone overseas to sign with German, in the German league with Club Bonn. So that's a big out for mm. the New Zealand breakers. But other than that, NBL season looks to be back on schedule It'll be starting September, October, um, with all this COVID stuff kind of starting to, starting to slow down a little bit. Um, so I think schedules can hopefully get back to normal, but uh, that's the NBL rap pro.
1: Bogues, did you see tonight that uh, LeBron posted he got 42 and 16 in summer in uh, in the Drew League in LA? Did he? Yeah, so the like it's this like pro am league that used to be really good, it's not really all that great anymore, but still decent. And then he uh, he, what's it called? He he posted it in Barstool Sports. He goes, uh, to, leave it to LeBron to post, to can't wait to post. He put up 42 and 16 against Uber, Uber Eats drivers or something like that. So it's great. Um,
0: did he did train anyone off, off his Drew League roster yet?
1: Not yet, but um, he did not. He did oh, not I believe Casper wears. Enough.
0: I believe Casper on that roster. Actually, I saw a post. Casper Ware, former Sydney oh, really? Kings teammate and player. I think he's. He was a teammate of LeBron, so he might be a candidate to get traded. Be careful, Casper. All right, real quick, let's touch on Dabble. Um, for those of you not, that don't know, Dabble is a proud sponsor of the Robos Podcast. It is betting meets social media. Um, I'm on it. Uh, you can follow your friends, uh, mates, family, whatever. You can stalk experts, trending tipsters. So basically you can copy anyone's bet straight to your page that you like. Um, so you're like, oh, I like that multi. I like this. I like that. I can straight copy it to my page. Um, you can also go into the chat. There's some chat forums on there to you know, talk shit. Um, you can pump up your own bet. You can give someone crap about their bad bet. And it's good fun. It's just a different take on 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 sports betting. It's a bit more kind of fan friendly and engaging rather than just you know putting in money and making bets. So jump on there. Uh, I'm on there. Andrew Berger. All one word. Give me a follow. It's similar to social media in that aspect. Where you can follow people. Download the app. Have a double. Dabble socially. And remember to gamble responsibly. bro. You have to gamble responsibly. You don't. Um, if you do it unresponsibly, like most things. Doesn't go well, so gamble responsibly.
1: But if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna gamble, absolutely do it responsibly. Go ahead, (laughs) Boggs. Just like everything, right?
0: You gotta be responsible. Sure. Stats useful and useless. Just got a few random ones and then we'll get to the fact or fake news and, and hit the road. This one's almost gone on two hours, pro. We're back to the two hour ones. Who's giving me shit on Ethan's podcast about it's, long podcasts? Hey, they ain't
1: hear, they ain't gonna hear our fucking asses for another fucking, you know, four months after this one anyway. So don't worry about it. They could nah, we with we'll, it.
0: We'll be, we'll be back. We'll be back in August. We'll be back in August. All right. So useful, useless. Ben Simmons in his four seasons, pro. 15, eight, and eight. That's three assists, uh, 15, eight rebounds, eight assists, three time All Star, one time All NBA, two times All Defensive Team. The only other player with career numbers better than that, Luka Doncic, currently in the league. Uh, 15, eight and seven, or better than. Sorry, only other player better than better than 15, eight and seven is Luka Doncic. Useful or
1: useless? Yeah. Um. I don't know, useless, because I haven't, I I mean, he hasn't played since the fucking 1980s, so I have no idea who the fuck Ben Simmons is anymore. So I'm going to say useless. I think it's useful just to show his effect when he's on the court. I think people have
0: forgotten, which, to your point, is correct, because he hasn't played so long and all the shenanigans and all the bullshit going on, he's still a good fucking player. He's still a good player, so people didn't remember that. Ben
1: Simmons hasn't played since Lionel Simmons played, and that was in the 1991 season, so I don't want to fucking hear it. Let him get him on the fucking court, but every any stat until he plays an NBA minute, every stat you fucking throw at me about useless, useless? useless right. with Ben Simmons is going to be use fucking less. Fair enough. I want to hear about Lionel Simmons before Ben Simmons. Ah, right,
0: that's fair enough. All right, fair enough. All right, players in NBA history to win three straight Finals MVPs, bro. You want to have a guess? There's two of them.
1: Uh, I'm gonna guess Jordan. One? Um I'm going to guess uh, Bird didn't three peat. Um Kobe didn't three peat. I'm gonna throw in Bill Russell. Shaq. Shaq.
0: Yeah, I didn't know okay. that. I thought Kobe would have snagged one of those. Um
1: No, nah, he definitely won a couple or one or two during their time together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Mm, but yeah, three straight. Pretty impressive. Wow. Useful, useless.
1: Oh, useful for sure. Useful.
0: Useful for sure. 100%. Sure. All right, useful or useless. Fun fact. Ben Wallace is the only player in NBA history with more blocks than fouls and more steals than turnovers. He's also the first undrafted player to make the Hall of Fame. Useful or useless?
1: Oh, all useful. Shit. Like that, that, guy, that guy got more out, of, more out of less than almost anybody in fucking NBA history.
0: I say it's useful. What do you say? Uh, I'd say it's useful. He was, yeah, he was, he was tough man. Like he was, uh, I played him kind of in his Detroit prime, and he was, yeah, he was absolutely tough. Um, I really had some good battles. Um, he got, you know, the better of me for the most part. Really, like he was, it was just so smart, so strong. Um and obviously wasn't an offensive powerhouse, but you know what, he was a very good passer as well. And and a lot of play, a lot of teams used to play off him because he couldn't shoot, and he would cause a lot of damage. Kind of be, before the era of those handoffs and split games and all that. He was very very good at getting you know chancey and rip open on on handoffs and pick and rolls because guys would play so far off him and and a very good passer as well. So useful pro. What do you have?
1: Folks, I think we've answered some of it uh, during the night, but at least for the first question. Um, but your opinion, Brooklyn will deal Kevin Durant before this season. Useful, I um, mean useful, useless, yeah, right. Uh, fact or fake news, Brooklyn will trade uh, Kevin Durant before the season.
0: Before the season starts?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Fake news. I don't don't think it's going to happen that quickly Um, if it does happen. I'm long. I'm long. I think he's going to stay. I think he's going to stay this season unless shit really implodes and then he wants out by the deadline. I think he's going to be in a Brooklyn uniform on opening night, pro. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. I I think Donovan Mitchell is going to be the one dealt before the season. I don't think that – I think Durant's going to take a little longer. I think that they might have had a chance with the Phoenix deal, but obviously with that going where it went to, I don't think that – uh, I don't think it's gonna work. So I say uh, fake news. He will not be dealt. All right. You next. said we'll listen, deal, motherfucker. It's fact. will nah, whatever. You know what I'm saying. I don't let I don't let hey, I don't let fucking I don't let the facts fuck up a good story. I. Uh, Rudy Gorbert makes the Minnesota a Final Four team in the West this year. Fact or fake news.
0: I think that'll be good, but fake news. I think the West is just I've got the Clippers. I've got the Warriors. Phoenix will still be up there. You got Dallas. Um, Yeah, they'll be. They'll be. I think they'll be where they were. They'll be between five and eight, in my opinion. So I'll go fake news on that one.
1: Yeah, I think they're good enough. Um, They might be good enough. I think this gets them probably out of the well, out of playing. Fucking, what what are you gonna get to seven, eight, nine, ten? Out of playing six. So I mean like so they get to their play-in, they gotta win a play-in series, a play-in game, and they're gonna win another one just to get to fucking eight or seven. I don't know, man. I think it's tough. I think, can they, I think it's Can tough. they get I, six? Can they get the sixth seed? Cause that's I a lot. No, man. Yeah, like look, I mean, look, we talked about the teams, right? So you got, mm. you know, you got fuck, let's just for the West, right? Last year's West. You got Phoenix, one, Memphis, two, Golden State, three, Dallas, four, Denver, five. So there's five really good fucking teams. And right Denver's going to be
0: healthy, yeah. So you, you yeah. gotta
1: got the- them above, yeah. No doubt. Then you got Clippers that are better. They're going to be one of the top teams in the West. That's six right there. Unless there's injury, the only team that could slip, in my opinion, there is Denver. For one reason Agree. or other. I don't think it's a, yeah. I don't even think it's a good reason. I'm just saying that, like, there's a chance. Houston, really good young talent. They're not doing anything. Oklahoma City, good young talent. They're not doing anything. Portland moves from 13 to like 10 with their moves. With a good season. The Lakers, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Lakers, I think they're going to be a playing team again without question. New Orleans gets a little better. So like I think Minnesota and New Orleans are on the same level right there, and I think the only team that and then Utah's out of it. Obviously, they're they're gonna sky they're gonna tailspin all the way down to like thirteen. You keep forgetting Sacramento,
0: pro You're not giving them any chance.
1: Yeah, I give them a chance to be a fucked up organization. There's no fucking chance, folks. Actually, no. I I take that back. I mean. They're okay, but like'll <laughs> be with yeah
0: they're not next season yeah what anyway. are they gonna
1: do you know they're gonna move from what fucking twelve to eleven and a half I mean, fuck out of here you know like i, I just don't I don't see what they've done now they they got hurt but what are, what other moves do they make folks do they make anything else besides their draft? not really no, nah, not really yeah yeah, fuck that you know I, I just don't I don't buy it I don't buy it so. Uh, I say fake news. Uh, They will not be a a, a four C uh, top four team in the West. I do think not even. I'm just saying advancing in the playoffs to the four uh, to the second round. I think that they could win one playoff uh, one play in series, but I don't think they. I don't think they are good enough to win a series. I I still don't think with that team. Just because the West is so fucking good, because you know you win your play in, so you're seven or eight. So now you got to play. Golden State, you gotta, uh, you got to play the Clippers. Golden State or Phoenix-Memphis. I mean, that's, that's pretty tough. That's pretty tough. Oh, I agree. All Not right. A chance. Let, let me see. Last question here, Bogues. Uh, Mitchell and Brunson puts New York over the hump to, can, to contend for a conference final. If they do get Mitchell, which they, I think it's going to proceed. They're proceeding pretty well to get a deal done. So I think that the, he'll, he'll end up in New York. If he ends up in New York, Mitchell Brunson makes them Final Four team in the East. Fact or fake news?
0: Fake news. is Still not there. Um, I still yeah. don't think they're that deep. Um, I don't have to see how two small guards play well together. Um, I think For yeah. Mitchell, so I'm, I'm not sold on it. I don't. I mean, I think they're maybe. I think I put him at six. Seven to ten, still even with even with Donovan Mitchell. In my opinion, I think they're still a season away from. If they do get Donovan Mitchell, they're another season away from retooling and really reshaping that properly with the way they want to play. Um, the other thing is with that roster. If you do do Donovan Mitchell and Brunson, like what do you do with Randall? Because he's he's a ball in hands, high usage forward, like point forward type, right? So it's like, you know, what are you going to do with him? <laughs> he's going to want out of there. He's not going to be happy, right? Um, And I don't think that that suits him either because then it becomes that Westbrook kind of argument with LeBron. It's like, you know, I think Randall's going to look a whole lot worse being asked to play a role, which is, you know, be really solid for us defensively and, you know, hit the open shot. That's not his role. Like He needs the ball. He needs usage, right? So I think they're going to have that problem as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Like, I mean, he's not mentioned in the deal. It's going to be like – you know, it's going to be – let me see. Obi Toppin was in that deal. Um, you know, it's funny. I didn't see R.J. Barrett. Was R.J. Barrett in the deal? I thought it was like uh, – what was it? It was like Quinton Grimes. It was like I think McBride quickly – like guys like that. Oh,
0: Randall won't be in the deal. I'm just saying, what do you do with him though? Like on that roster with two, let's say you have two scoring guards with high usage. Like what do you do with Randall? Like he, he's not, you know what I mean? He already had a poor season with high usage. They used him, they tried to use him a lot last season. Season before he was great. But I'm saying like, do you think, you know, he's not going to be a, hey, like we need you to be Draymond Green. Like <laughs> you've got two scoring guards. Like it's not going to happen. He's going to be pissed. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be challenging for sure with, with that lineup. You know, you, you're going to have a lineup of like Mitchell, Brunson, Barrett, Randall, Robinson, and then you'll have like Quickly, Rose coming off the bench. Um, well, actually, Quickly would be gone. So you have like Rose. I think would Rose be coming off the bench? But and then a, and then whatever, like a hodgepodge list of guys that will come be coming off the bench for you guys for them. Um, It'll be interesting. Uh, I think Randall could survive because so many possessions in the game bugs. You're gonna find them. yo. You'll find something. But like, yeah, I just feel I mean, like he needs.
0: I feel like when he, especially when he's slumping, he needs to be heavily involved. And, and even when he's yeah. playing well, I feel like he needs to be, you know, twenty-one, twelve, and ten. Like, And, yeah. and with with Don, like Donovan's not the greatest creator f- for an assist for a teammate. And then Brunson, like he can pass it a little bit, but he's more of a slighter towards being yeah, a scoring guard. Yeah, he doesn't guard. have vision. Yeah, yeah so he doesn't you just have like, vision like that. it's It's like, yeah, they might, might throw it to him for an iso. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud if it, if it was if any scoring guard next to Brunson in New York, I'm like, I, I think it severely hinders Randall's game. But we will see Um if Donovan does end up there. But, yeah, what do you think? You think they're top four with Donovan? No, I
1: don't. I don't. I don't. I, I think – Mitchell has to prove that he can win games in this league again, like high-level games. And, like, he's had some success early, and people loved him early. I think he's a really good player in the league, don't get me wrong, but I think he really has to um, – I think he has to prove that he can win games. And I think that – I don't think he's good enough to beat those teams yet. I don't think he's good enough to beat Milwaukee. I don't think he's good enough to beat Boston. Um I, I just don't think that, you know, Miami, you know, I, I think it's gonna be tough. That roster's okay, but now you're depleting your, your bench. you know, you've already depleted it. You brought in some decent players, don't get me wrong, but you depleted it with you T. know, Bronson. if they yeah. do make this deal, again, this is all fictional. And if they don't make a Mitchell deal, which they may, may maybe not, I think it's really sort of progressing to a trade, but like, you know, if you do have this these two guys on the same team, you're gonna to have to wipe out your second unit, like literally last year's Second unit was like Kemba Walker, quickly Burks, Toppin, Nerlens Noel, well, basically, right? I mean, all, you know, all so, that's gone. Yeah. All that's gone. Yeah. So that's gonna be interesting. They were four the year <laughs> before, though. Two years of seasons
0: ago, they were four seed, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, they were. They were a little bit different team. So it'll be and interesting. The, and the East think.
0: was different at that point too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree all right. with that. Fake news it then. Cool, man. Thank you. That's uh, episode 71, I believe. We're getting up there, but um, thanks for everyone for tuning in. Give it a share. Hopefully, you all enjoyed and got some point of views of uh, Pro's track around the world, his summer league escapades that he didn't go to to promote hoop consultants and, and could could have promoted a rogue bogues out there, um, Pro. You know, well, I,
1: thought, I mean, I thought I, I've been promoting my fucking my, – my company on this podcast – and, and you know i have got I've gotten absolutely zero money to do with it as far as getting business outside of it. I thought I' would be able to do that. So why would I go to Summer League if my my fellow Australians don't support me like that? So you know, also, by the time they finish this fucking marathon of a podcast, we'll be starting our podcast in August anyway. So it doesn't really matter. So it's great for them. They could just segue into the next episode.
0: oh nah, man. Traffic's traffic's bad now in all major cities. People are in their cars three or four hours a day. This, this would just be half their commute these days, bro. You know, you're drinking their coffee on the on the go. So the way And now. the
1: electric car, folks, are, they, are you guys pushing that electric car uh, bullshit?
0: <laughs> oh, bullshit. Oh, you're going to get some people fired up. Look, I don't, mind, I don't mind the electric cars, but I just – I don't you know, mind it either. I think the issue is in Australia when you – I'm um, not talking about basketball now, but if you had every resident with an electric car come home from work on a hot day where they've got their air conditioner on and they all plug their cars in to charge their cars, the grid would literally shit on itself and not turn yeah. on for fucking months. <laughs> so
1: I will tell you this. First time in about four months – that gas actually went down in my country in this country it went down like a dollar a gallon i get to give it to i get to give it so what is it now like six dollars
0: again gallon
1: geez like in la it was literally like six dollars a gallon and that was like two (laughs) months ago it was literally like five like 586 a gallon or something like that i think i got it under five for the first time in a long time i will give him praise on that one that that i'll give it to him when he get when he deserves it that's A dollar cheaper than it's the first time I went down in a while. So that's where you got to take your pickup
0: truck. I saw some videos take your pickup truck down there and fill the back of the tray up with with fuel when it's that cheap, you know, and just (laughs) drive it down the street. (laughs) Saw a video of that a couple of months ago, someone doing that. You did.
1: Going all all over the road. But
0: anyway, thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week or the week after or the week after.
1: Later, guys.